like scary movies? Uh-huh. I'm getting ready to watch a video. You making popcorn? Uh-huh. What's, what's, what's your favorite? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. Talk to me. Talk, talk to me. Hi, everybody. I'm George, and welcome to the best little horror house in Philly. And call Thin Lizzy because the boys are back in town. Welcome to the host and my co-additional host of We Heard About Pluto. JP and Riggs are here. Welcome, gang. Holy oh. cow. We are back, baby. What back. Up, what up. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the boys are back in town. Is that the song? That's right. Okay. George, it took every ounce of my willpower to not respond when you said hello with, oh, hi, welcome. <laughs> but I reserved that for Riggs. I reserved that for Riggs. But I, George, I want to welcome you and thank you for welcoming me. Oh my Thank God, he's welcoming. So I'm like blown away. I'm remembering all these things. It's been a while. It's been a while. It has been. It's really good to see you guys. Yeah. Likewise, back in the whorehouse. <laughs> Horror house. Yeah, we got to. That's what I said, right? Hit that, That's what he said. Hit that R. Horror. That's right. I'm ready to talk about some horror movies. <laughs> so, as I was getting ready for our third Plutember, I said, How can I switch things up? And I decided that I was going to make this a month of movies that I don't think will get chosen without a little boost. Mm. A true spotlight month, but completely curated by me. So sorry for (laughs) stealing your choice, fellas. The guests make the choices all year. This is your... Flutember's a special time of year. It is. That's right. It's the best time of year. Look, I'm glad you said it, because I agree. It's time of month for for George to get what he wants, chopping (laughs) heads off a snowman. It's just a beautiful time of year. Yes. And today's movie was doubly unlikely to get chosen because on top of its general tone and existence as like a B movie, December is always taken and this is a Christmas movie. So it had multiple barriers to get through. And I finally said, fuck it. This week's best horror movie ever made is Silent Night, Deadly Night, directed by Charles Selyer. Let's talk general awareness of this movie. Had you seen it? Had you heard of it? Did you know there was a killer Santa movie? So, heard of it, never saw it, but this was one of those videos that I would pass when I was a kid and I always wanted to rent it because it had just the the great image of Santa going down the chimney and there's an axe. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know why it took me so long to see it. I have a lot of thoughts on this movie, but I'm really glad that I finally have. What about you, Riggs? I've never seen it or heard of it. I think I don't know if I've never heard of it because I feel like I've heard of the phrase Silent Night, Deadly Night, but I don't know if I have ever attributed that to a movie. Mm -hmm. So I I effectively have not heard of it, but I was, you know, it it was something. It was definitely something. So I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad I am now aware of it. Yeah. Yeah, George, you you, you always pick a winner when you Mm -hmm. when you uh, when you tell us what to watch. But this was um, I, I will go ahead and say I loved it, but. No, Reeves, yeah. I, I don't want to alarm you, but I think you're about to be attacked by some <laughs> yeah, sort of bashes. He heard Harry her Santa Claus recording. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to be star of the show. Sorry about that. <laughs> Good. He's welcome. Welcome, Bosh. Third, welcome, third Bosh. member. Yeah. Third, uh, third additional co-host. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Additional co-host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I remember when I was first getting into horror movies that I was like, okay, it's Christmas time. I'm going to watch... Basically, all of the Christmas movies that exist for horror. <laughs> and this was on the list. And I do, of course, have our friend Billy here hanging wow. out with us. Wow. Little classic tiny Billy toy here. He hangs out with me during the, the Christmas season. 
and uh, reminds me what it's all about, baby. <laughs> now, did you get that from the toy store in Utah? Yeah, I went to uh, Iris Toys and uh, <laughs> and and made it out with my life and this toy. That was like IRA toys. <laughs> Oh, that's right. It's run by the Irish Republican Army. Yeah. I forgot mistake, about that. Yeah. That's what I was saying. There's a lot of Catholic uh, uh, discussion wow. in this movie. Mm-hmm. This is why I love having you guys on, because I learn new things, too. I had never <laughs> even thought to put that together, but it is making perfect sense to me. No other way to read the movie. My yeah. Now, I, yeah, once once that occurs <laughs> to you, there's, it's, it's quite clear. Yeah. Can't see anything but that. It... Is kind of interesting to me because I think it lives in the shadow of Black Christmas, not without reason. You know, I would say that that's probably a better movie in quotes, but I think that this is a worthwhile movie. And I think that it is doing something very, very different from Black Christmas. And so I think that there is space for both of these to be really awesome representations of what horror can do while still being nice and seasonal. Yeah. It is nice and seasonal. It put me in the spirit mm-hmm. and that it really, really upset me sometimes in a good way. Yeah. yeah. Practical effects. Beautiful. You got to love an 80s movie with good practical effects. And they That's really right. shined in this. And we'll get into it. But I, I, I think that I was really impressed with the what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. And I think they effectively did it in some ways. But there was still just enough holiday camp in it to make it really <laughs> fun. Yeah, I think it's important that they seemed to also be like, hey, if we want it to be a Christmas movie, too. It's yeah. not just the trappings. <laughs> there is some holiday cheer. Uh, There's some holiday cheer. There's some children opening presents. And murder mm-hmm. is still giving. Like, For you're sure. still giving something yeah. to that person. So yeah. maybe not uh, what they want. But it's, you know, within the Christmas spirit, the holiday spirit, I would say. <laughs> That's right. And yeah, if you're good, then you survive. So, yeah. problem solved. You might get a uh, box cutter. That's right. As a reward. A nice <laughs> present. That's right. Yeah. So, let's talk about where it originates, which is with Scott Schneid, executive producer of the movie. Scott was working at the William Morris Agency as an agent trainee, and after a few 12-hour days, he said, hmm, actually, I think I'll produce. <laughs> It's that simple. Natural move, yeah. It's that simple. And he had gone to Harvard, so he had all kinds of Harvard cronies Mm. crawling out of the alumni network woodwork. Network woodwork, not that easy to say. Let me tell you that. And so Conan O'Brien took a pass at the script? That's exactly what I was getting to. (laughs) (laughs) But they're all trying to leverage his position at William Morris to get into the film biz. And one such senior student was Paul Kamey, who sent him the script for He Sees You When You're Sleeping, a slasher movie centered around Santa. And the imagery was evocative. Blood on the Snow, in particular, stuck out to Scott. And he said on the commentary track, though, that the script was, quote, awful. (laughs) (laughs) It was really funny, in the two commentary tracks, one is Scott with uh, Robert and a moderator, and one is unmoderated with Scott and a bunch of the crew. And his level of tact in discussing this is very different. In the crew one, he's like, I like to mispronounce his name on purpose. Fuck that guy. <laughs> wow. All his script sucked ass. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, do they? is there a love for this movie coming from him and the crew? Oh, they, yes, absolutely. They're like, this was our, our big thing. Like, uh, you know, a few of them have done other stuff, but I mean, this is what really 
made their mark on the industry. So they definitely have some some love for it. But he said Paul's script was much more Halloween-ish, followed a girl who saved her small Midwest town from a killer Santa. And you'll notice that Paul Kamey has a story by credit, which Scott did strongly make his feelings known about, saying it's completely undeserved. He's not even sure how it happened because the contract said, based on a story idea by... Wow. Mm. He was out for blood. Wow. Yeah. Much like the Santa Claus. Whoa. Yes, he was in Yeah, so let's get into it. So Tim Allen... His, his Santa's on his roof, okay, and yeah. uh, and then Santa falls to his death, and Tim Allen, it, it, his first thought is, I'm going to put on this suit. Right. Well, I mean, a, it, a dead man's it's a very comfy suit. You must admit that yeah. it looks great. <laughs> well, I will say this. They did not blow the budget on multiple Santa suits, because there was only the one Santa suit. <laughs> yeah, there never two Santas on screen at the same time. Makes you wonder, huh? Yeah, it does. <laughs> it really makes you wonder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes you think if you really think about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, George. Go right ahead. <laughs> One of the other producers was friends with a young screenwriter, Michael Hickey. And he came on board to brainstorm story expansion. And from there, Silent Night, Deadly Night was born. Or rather, their sleigh ride was yes. born, as oh. it was known at the time. Sleigh ride. S-L-A-Y. R-I-D-E, one yep, word, great name. as they made sure to say every single time it was mentioned. Great name. Absolutely great name. Yeah, I forget they said that there was some reason why they couldn't do that. But I can't remember mm. what it was. Sorry. Sorry. Some <laughs> jerks. Some jerks. Some jerks. Someone at TriStar, I think, uh, mm. was like, no, you can't do that. Might Tri-Star. have just been already right. attributed to someone. Corporate blocks. That's right. Lawyers, trademarking names like jerks. In the commentary, Scott mentioned that there was a misquote that said that the the title came from the name of an optioned novel. Quote, part of a conspiracy to give the story credit to anybody but us. (laughs) (laughs) But their new writer, Hickey, wasn't into slashers, actually. And he hadn't seen any of the ones that preceded this because this was coming out. They were taking advantage of the slasher boom. They were like, this is going to be a commercial picture. Unbelievable. Did you see what opened the same weekend as this? For, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare right? on Elm Street. Oh, yeah. wow. I believe that it outperformed it. That uh, in its movie. limited run? I, yeah. I, it, I'm guessing it may have. Look at, I'm not true. jumping ahead. I just thought that was because yeah. it was. This was like the heyday of of like slashers as a brand new area mm-hmm. that, that we were exploring. Right, Mid-80s. and the quote from them was, uh, at the time, a new one came out every Tuesday, <laughs> so. But I think it works to sort of start from scratch, not to know what's typical. Hickey was obsessed with Kubrick at the time. His most recent movie was The Shining. I think you can see the influence in the slow unfolding of the story, driving our empathetic character mad. There's also a, uh, there's an axe shot that was very reminiscent of The Shining. Uh, when, right. Linnea, when Linnea Quigley is uh, standing against the wall and Santa Claus comes in. And he says, here's Johnny. I mean, Billy. He does. He does. <laughs> Red yeah. rum was written all over the place. It was weird. Yeah. It was. It became a little egregious, I thought, the influence. It became more <laughs> plagiarizing. But <laughs> the backstory, though, that was what was so interesting for them, was to like work backwards and figure out how the dominoes had fallen to get him to this place. So they set the focus on Billy instead of the victims. This was a controversial decision in terms of pacing and not just getting to the killings. But as he mentioned in the behind the scenes stuff that I thought was interesting, he said, 
The victims are just ordinary people. There's nothing inherently interesting about them. It's way more boring to focus on them, and suddenly some Santa comes in from nowhere and starts hacking away. I think that makes a lot of sense to focus on why this person is doing this instead of just, well, we're in a Utah town and suddenly people are dying. And how do we stop it? It's 100%. It, like, it's the, he has a Batman origin esque story with his, you know, being an orphan, his parents, right? seeing his parents get murdered. Yeah. You know, and then becomes the thing. You know, I think it's it's great. It's a it's much more interesting perspective than if you were to go from the victims. Yeah, that is boring because they are just regular people. Maybe the the HNIC had none in charge. Right. Would have been maybe interesting. I don't know. <laughs> but I think I think Billy, they nailed it with Billy. Also the name Billy. It's funny that he's going as an adult going by Billy still, too. That was yeah. Funny. A little embarrassing. Mm-hmm. He's only 18, my friend. That's true. <laughs> Poor guy. It's an adult. It's an adult. I guess um, that's true. I actually I love that it it focused on Billy. And one of the things I noticed on Amazon is that it, it is listed as horror slash crime. Mm. And I think one thing about the movie is like it's it's about the making of a killer. It's about like the trauma, like Riggs, as you said, like he's got a Batman origin story, like st- keeping the focus on him makes it more interesting. Mm-hmm. He's never a hero. He's never a good guy. He doesn't have very many one liners, but it's wild nice. that you're on this ride with him and you're kind of, you're not rooting for him, but you, you're, you're with him. You, you're, you're understanding his journey. Right. They yeah. just say, so they say to like the logic behind it. Like, yeah, it's, it is, it's, it's, they never, and they, that's a step further than I feel like a lot of those movies out of the time were going like the slasher, 80 slasher movies, like getting into the psychology of it. I thought it was yeah. cool. Absolutely. I, many of the slasher villains are just kind of, mindless killing machines with mm-hmm. no real rationale behind it or very loose. So it was a big departure from that. Halloween, that is uh, celebrated because you get nothing about Michael, basically, mm-hmm. because right. he's blank. This is basically as far away from that as you could possibly go, mm-hmm. in that the first 40 minutes of the movie are yeah. pure backstory. Yes. Really upsetting backstory. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's crazy. They went to TriStar, who said yes, and then moved incredibly quickly on it, but they also kind of froze them out a bit, and Scott talked a bit about the complicated emotions of understanding that they needed the studio, because he was working as a bartender at a Chinese restaurant, and his producer was selling men's shirts at the department store, so they couldn't fund it, but they meant that they weren't as involved as they liked, and there are pieces that they wish had been done differently, but also they're glad that their baby got made. So yeah, it is complicated emotions and that they wish that they could have been more a part of it. But, uh, you know, they're still very proud of what what they contributed to it, which was significant. No doubt. But working as a bar, I'm trying to work, working as a bartender at a Chinese restaurant into like some sort of song. Mm. I can't do it. So I was working as a bartender at a Chinese restaurant. Yes, I couldn't get the timing down. That's perfect. That's perfect. That's perfect. Thank you, <laughs> This is why this is a think tank here. This is, this is a think tank. Really, yeah. just throw a lot of spagoot, see what sticks. <laughs> don't, don't you punish. <laughs> Speaking of songs, Perry Botkin as the composer, also never seen a slasher, also his first electronic score. He kills it, very unsettling, just like clang, 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 clang. <laughs> Dude. It was an absolute masterpiece in terms mm-hmm. of scoring and in terms of soundtrack because every yes. song makes you feel creepy about Santa's omnipresence, mm-hmm. a watching, creeping, 
I hadn't heard at least half of the Christmas songs that they played. It's all original. They're all, all original, original songs. Yes. Uh, I, but like there was a point when the uh, toy store owner and his manager were like singing a song and it's just like Santa's creeping, creeping on you. <laughs> like, like what? Santa's <laughs> watching. Santa's waiting. It was a roller coaster of a score. It was it was great because there were scenes like that where it's it's like incredibly silly and like you can only only laugh at it, mm-hmm. which I did a few times throughout this movie. But then they really create that like tension, like that sense of looming fear, as you know, with uh, with some of the other ones where he's you know killing people. So yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's really well done, really well done. <laughs> I, I whenever I notice a score, I feel like I um, I know it's it, it has to be good. Because sometimes it just kind of blends in. It must. Which you got to trust your own uh, taste yes. on that, you know? I guess so, yeah. I agree. I think the score is great. Morgan Ames, who did the original songs, uh, is fucking incredible. I listen to the music of this. Like, the the original Christmas songs are, like, some of my favorite Christmas do you put, songs. Do you put them on <laughs> during the season? Yes. That's of course amazing, I do. George. I think that they're so fun. And it's, there's, like... One of each type of Christmas song. Like, <laughs> they really fucking kill it. There's a blues one. There's, like, a, a techno-y dance one. There's a, you know, like, a oh, choir yeah, there's a choir, one. There's a magical one. Um, there's a barbershop-ish yes. one. It, it was, I was, mm-hmm. I was very... Yeah, the 50s yes. acapella yep. one. I, I was very thing. impressed. Yeah. That's so cool that they're all original. Because I, I, was, I, I was like, I just must be a corner of Christmas music. I don't know. Turns out... Favorite yeah, Christmas song of all time, go. Christmas wrapping by the waitresses. Nice. Uh, it's Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues. I like uh, Meli Kal- the Hawaii one. Uh, Meli yeah, Kalikimaka. from Christmas oh, Vacation. Yeah. Yes, that's Hawaii's way of saying Merry Christmas to you. I don't know if you know mm. that. I didn't know that. I never put. I never really listened to the song. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you should uh, go back and revisit your old favorite there, Reeks. Yeah. You might learn something. That'd be the day. <laughs> Because of the shooting location in Utah, you'll actually find several Halloween alums in here. Mrs. Randall is Nancy Borgnicht, who you can find in Halloween 4. The dad mm-hmm. in the Santa suit is Michael Myers in Halloween 5. And the oh, no bo- way. Yeah. And the boyfriend, Tommy, is Leo Jeter, who played Barry Sims in Halloween 6. Wow. So that whole, that whole middle trilogy there. That's awesome. All represented. Uh, was that the Paul Rudd one, Halloween 6? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, the curse of Michael Myers. Probably the worst one. Yeah. Well, yeah. Boy, it's really a race to the bottom. As far it as does concerned. drop off in quality <laughs> at some point and never really returns. Precipitously. Yes. Yeah. Really does. <laughs> Rounding out the notable ensemble players, we have Will Hare as Grandpa, who, amazing, much to talk about when he's there. I don't want to say too much about him just yet, but fucking incredible and Britt leach as mr sims the toy store manager uh, who i also found pretty delightful in this movie yeah i've seen him in other stuff yeah he has a few uh a few roles here and there probably the most like famous mm-hmm. performer in this i would say in terms of like you might recognize him oh the uh, mother mother superior oh yeah I, I recognize that's right lillian Chauvin. Yes. 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 The IRA uh, toy store manager guy had the <laughs> the line of the night or the line of the night, the line of the movie. Yeah, let's get shit face. Yeah, let's it's, get shit face. It's seven o'clock. Uh, okay, we all agreed that was a great line. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Our star, however, is Robert Brian Wilson as Billy. In the commentary, he tells the story of how he got the role. 
He said he was enjoying spring break in Palm Springs with his girlfriend, now wife. He made sure to say. (laughs) Just in case she was listening. Just in case. (laughs) His ex-girlfriend, whom he married. (laughs) (laughs) And some guy approached him after a dinner and was like, I've been watching you all night. How you interacted with your girl, with the wait staff, even how you paid your bill. I want to represent you in the pictures, kid. Oh, my God. Well, you became him. Yeah, right I there. really. That, that, I can't believe you had a recording of that conversation. <laughs> that was amazing. That's how impactful it was. He saw, saw <laughs> you from across the bar and we loved your vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Robert rightfully went, uh, this is fucking crazy. But his girlfriend told him, hey, you're an aimless college student. Why not just check it out and take a walk if it doesn't seem legit? And they did the script read. This is a funny but long story that I'll sort of leave as a treat for people who check out the commentary themselves. But the highlight, or a highlight, is him asking how the agent knows that it was a good start. And he goes, well, you can read. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. it was. It was. It's a very good story. I definitely recommend people check out the commentary. But the long and the short of it is that they decide to work together and they gussy up a fake resume and Robert was kind of bashful about this, which was very funny. But soon he was reading for his first role, Billy and Silent Night, Deadly Night, and the rest is history. Wow. It is history indeed. It, 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 it's like that introducing. Um, and it, it, so typically that's like when it's someone's first ever movie. Mm. I mean, he had limited lines, but uh, he played it with a real intensity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More think- lines than, like, uh, you know, than Michael Myers. How many lines he have? That's true. None. That's true. I also None. think that he's he brings a certain believability to it. You know, that you believe the sort of turn. And he it's important for him to have that sweetness, I think, that mm-hmm. keeps you hanging on through this this movie, through this roller coaster, where you have to be, you have to remember, like, there is a kid under there who you want mm-hmm. to make it out of this traumatizing environment that he's been in. And that is where the tragedy of it comes from, is him being sort of a believable human who goes who goes too far. And, and he talks about how in the casting room that they they were like, people keep coming in here and playing menacing. Just be yourself. Like, that's what we want to see. And he said, and that's where my lack of acting experience came in handy. (laughs) (laughs) There is, there's a real, there is a real humanity to the character. And you do, especially with the ever present trying to catch up with him, sister Margaret, you, you you do maintain some level of like hoping that maybe he can get over this or through this. Like there is, there is just a young traumatized child that is inside of this Awful, awful murder. Yeah. The director of photography, Henning Schellerup, was extremely helpful for Robert in terms of blocking, played into his history as an athlete and executing a play, compared to the director, who didn't have much to say since he was a first-timer, too. His history was in producing the Grizzly Adams show, and uh, they said that he would just set the shot and go. For the listeners, JP has a very Grizzly Adams beard Mm. happening right now. That is true. That is true. Famously, Grizzly Adams did have a beard. He did Did have have a beard, beard, yes. As we all know, from Billy Madison. Oh, I actually thought I had just come up with that right now by myself. Oh, really? That's what I thought. I mean, maybe I dreamed it. I thought it was Happy Gilmore. It's either Billy or Happy. Yeah, and it's Mm. it's one of the two. Grizzly Adams did have a beard. Wait, no, it's Lee Trevino. It's Lee Trevino and Happy Gilmore. Yeah. All right. Oh, I'm looking at. I'll look it, reads, up. Door, I'll look it up. Your door just opened, and it's. I think you have a ghost. Oh, I do have a ghost. A ghost dog. 
You Ghost dogs. Forrest Whitaker. Forrest is back there. Oh, dip. Oh, dip. Forrest Whitaker is haunting you. The drive of is the hanging samurai. out as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so weird. It's for, that we were just talking about. It's from Ghost Dog. Oh, that's right. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. That, yeah, it's it's coming together now. Yeah, it's not Happy Gilmore. Sorry. It, goes, it is Ghost Dog. It, yeah. It's Ghost Dog. I just looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I actually just thirdly looked it up, and it is Ghost Dog. Just to check. Yeah, because yeah. we all use different search engines. Yeah. So I used DuckDuckGo. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want them knowing <laughs> my search history. The government. I asked G. But that guy again. <laughs> Guys, it's, uh, it, it is the it's Lee Trevino, who's a, a famous uh, a golfer who says it in Happy Gilmore slash Ghost Dog. Mm. All right, I I believe you now. That's right, that one part of Ghost Dog where they're watching Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, that's that's where everyone knows the, the line. French from. guy, yes. he uh, he has it playing in his ice cream truck. That's right. <laughs> you forget that? It's crazy. It's, it is weird that that the was weird part not of our movie. first instinct. <laughs> Yeah. They said TriStar was looking for a young carpenter type to infuse it with energy and creativity from the USC school, film school, when they landed on this first time director, Charles Sellier, uh, who, like we said, had been a producer of Grizzly Adams Media to this point. Weird choice, extremely hands off. A lot of people said that the second unit director, Michael Spence, was instrumental in actually getting this movie made, which does seem, I believe it, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, and we do have our villain of the piece to Robert's sort of tragic figure protagonist, Lillian Chauvin as Mother Superior, who, yes, is fucking incredible. Robert told a really funny story about her where he's, you know, he's new to the biz. There's no rehearsal for this this low budget movie scraped together in Utah. And so Lillian took him aside and she was like, do you want to go through our scene and like and like test some stuff out and I'll help you with the more like actual in motion stuff since the director is not doing this. And he goes, Oh yeah, that would be really, really great. And she was sort of more directorial than just acting across from him. And she goes, I'm an acting teacher as well. So if you want, I'll go through the whole script with you. But the funny thing is go off queen. She charged him for the help. $35 an hour from his per deal. Hell yeah. (laughs) That bag. That's right. And he found it very useful and wound up continuing studying with her after the movie. Well, there you go. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, she was a force in this movie. She's just, just she has that presence, mm. and she just like dominated. She was frightening. Yeah. Superior is such a cool. Is that like, that's not what they call like the head nun, is it? Like yeah. the s- sister superior, or Mother is that her superior. name? Mother superior. Oh, is that what they call? Okay, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if that's her last name, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's like the she's like the captain of the nun ship. Yes. <laughs> As the, as the movie neared release, there was major uproar about the depiction of Santa. They were shocked and honestly expected more fervor about the depiction of the Catholic orphanage being unflattering. But as they joked on the commentary, of course, the protesters never saw the movie, so they wouldn't know that. <laughs> Good point. They especially never expected actual protests. Scott joked, maybe it's because we're all Jewish. <laughs> although <laughs> although Michael Hickey was a Sunday school boy as a lad, so excluding him. He also mentioned that this was the first one to have major distribution compared to Christmas Evil out the year before, or the Amicus Tales of the Crypt movie, which features a segment where an escaped mental patient dressed as Santa breaks into a house. This was later redone for the 90s show in a Robert Zemeckis-directed episode, but this is the first one that really had any kind of major distribution in America. 
Robert mentioned also not thinking twice about any potential controversy because when you're trying to become an actor, you go, quote, well, it's not porn. There was a line of people in front of me and people behind me wanting that job. So you take it. Yeah, there's a little porn aspect to this movie, I would say. Uh, I so suppose. it's not too too okay, far away. Here comes right, Puritan yeah. Puritan Reeves coming. I in. know oh, it when I people. see it. You know, <laughs> well, it's natural. Oh, okay. Supreme Court it's Justice Reeves. Seriously, dude. There was a lot of like, I did, like just nudity. let right let now. a guy show his hairy ass in a movie, yeah. dude. You don't have to judge him. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're too uptight. <laughs> It was fun. It was like yeah. it was. A, there was a lot of like it was like eighties nudity. Yeah, like where it's like yes, look at this. Very much so. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you ever seen tits before, kid? Go and get them, kid. We got a lot of tits. At one point, some TriStar executives were a little trepidatious, but they did a test screening with a theater packed full of the target demographic, and of course, they loved it. So TriStar was like, "Great, no one's gonna have a problem with this," and no one did. And no one did until. They did. Big dramatic pause for effect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. problem dun. was that the marketing was too encroaching on prime time. And so parents saw the commercial with their kids. They talked about at one point it aired during the Sunday Packers game. And this was a huge problem for them. Fuck the Packers. Yeah, right? Yeah, this is all the I Packers' agree. fault. Fuck the Packers, yeah. And cheesehead motherfuckers. Mm, wow. <laughs> One group. Preach on, Reese. I'm sorry. What else you got? You know, <laughs> Bears fan coming out of me, you know. This, I, this show out. always turns into even, NFL talk. He didn't even re- he realize what was uh, Seeing red. <laughs> it's more like you were seeing green and yellow. Yes, I was. Seeing cheese. One group that led the charge against the movie was Citizens Against Movie Madness, generally just trying to end the slasher genre as their overall mission. Formerly Mothers Against Movie Madness, according to the producer, but they opened it up, I guess. They said, men, get in here against movie madness. And then once the movie actually released, Siskel and Ebert led the media arm of the witch hunt, literally named names in an effort to prevent them from working again. Yeah. Combined with the religious Reaganites of the era. Wow. Listening to this fucking episode was so funny because I did go back and watched it and and they're like, is nothing sacred anymore? <laughs> and Cisco called it contemptible. And Ebert was like, I'm glad you listed their names. And I'd love to hear them explain this one to their kids. It's like fucking grow up. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Seriously. Yeah. Give it two thumbs down then. Yeah. Imagine. No, they they gave it to they they each gave it a thumbs up. They yeah. just had lots of things. No. <laughs> no, they hate. We made it even more confusing. It. Yeah. <laughs> they there was also I thought an interesting point from the producer in one of the behind the scenes things where he was like, they were doing it for fucking ratings because everybody was covering this movie and the controversy, and if they really wanted to bury it, all they would have to do is ignore it. They have one of the biggest platforms yeah. in the nation, so interesting to consider. Valid point. It's wild because, like, I like again, like, it, so this was like a big movie at the time. Yeah. Then, like, it because they, like, I, it's, I'm surprised that it's just, it seems to, I don't know how it has it. Maybe I'm wrong. It seems like it's just kind of faded away from like the, like, it's not it's up there with maybe because it's, it's, I don't know. Is it because it's a Christmas movie that it's not as seen as like, uh, revered as I guess some of those other slashers? I think of its time. there are a few things that sort of hinder it. One is the seasonality of it. One is the lower budget of it. I think a lot of people are not willing to sort of 
deal with the trappings of a lower budget movie. And I think also uh, the tone of it is probably a (laughs) a stumbling block for a lot of people, especially because it gets into it very, very quickly in terms of that tone. So, you know, pretty immediately whether it's the movie for you or not. But also it was it did have the legs cut off because, you know, uh, Cecil and Ebert weren't the only ones. Phil Donahue did a special about it. Entertainment Tonight covered the controversy. It was in every newspaper. The LAPTA rallied outside the LA theater it played. And so it sort of cut off the legs. They had a million dollar budget. It opened in only a quarter of the country in early November in 1984. And in the 10 days in its limited release, it made $4.2 million. Wild. So it was, it yeah. was doing amazing, amazing business. But the protests made them gun-shy, and so TriStar never went wide with the thousand extra prints that they had intended to send out. They claimed it wasn't financially warranted. Clearly, that's a lie. So it was it was partially because of the protests, but also an additional reason why is that Coca-Cola is one of the owners of TriStar at the time, along with HBO and CBS – Coke is all about Santa. They basically invented Mm. the modern depiction of Santa, and they told Mm. TriStar, we want this movie out of theaters. Wow. And Coke. Coke. Putting their thumb on the scale and and getting involved. That's that's wild. First, the Kennedy assassination, and now this? (laughs) I don't don't understand. I don't understand. Where's Coke's reign of terror going to Lots of fingies and lots of pies. (laughs) (laughs) They did say that they found it amusing, though. They did keep saying, if you don't want to see it, don't see it. And they said that ultimately it made the movie more culturally penetrative than it might have been otherwise if it hadn't been protested, despite the financial hit that it took immediately. And then because of this cult reputation, yeah, it's sort of the audience exploded on video release. And now here it is. Best horror movie ever made. So, wow. Yeah, it really is. a long way. Yeah. I think it would do a lot better now because I don't think there would be that kind of like outlash against the depiction. It's not that shocking today. Like (laughs) there's a lot worse stuff that comes out every 100%. Yeah. And it feels like that's kind of a thing now too. They're, they're coming out with the, yeah, they had that one with what's the terrifier terrifier. I love, love terrifier. And then now yeah, it's going to be a Christmas one, but they had, uh, what's the other one? I mean, the violent night, so they're, they're yep, making movies that. like that. Oh, Silent, it's Silent Night, movie. right? That John Woo one that just came out? No. It's oh, last year also, there was Violent Night, right. Yeah, David, David Harbour. Right. Yeah. I actually, yeah. so I saw that in theaters because it played at the Philadelphia Film Festival last year. And there was a and a with the director there. And he said that basically he wanted to do a remake of this movie. And they basically told him no. And so he just like changed a few names here and there. And that is supposed to be a spiritual remake of this so mm. there you go well that's cool i'm gonna have to go see that now yeah it's okay <laughs> yeah it's streaming <laughs> yeah. it's not the best horror movie ever made until someone picks it yeah and it no. be, but so let's get into the actual movie you get this jump scare title card which i fucking love so funny right off the bat you get the creepy kids singing into the blood splatter name hard to beat that as a tone setter Kids singing is very creepy. So, you know, you just get that. Kids in general. Yeah, kids. Yeah, very creepy. They are. You're already setting it off on a very creepy tone, which yeah. is nice. It sets the sets the mood. I'm already creeped out and we're already we're only at the title card. Good shit. It really is. Sorry, I took a bite when I shouldn't have. 
Oh, I should have kept talking. Um, yeah, so <laughs> vamp, 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 okay, vamp yeah, reads, uh, slice. Keep going. Uh, the other thing about kids is like, <laughs> uh huh, yeah. The, what are they like? They can't even like. They, All right, they, I'm back. They don't. I'm back. <laughs> They're so dumb, dude. Oh, hey, George. Can't even drive. They can't right, even drive. Yeah, yeah they can't and drive. and that is. They don't even get a paycheck, guys. They don't. Can, try don't contributing even... to society, babies. Oh, go and pay your taxes. You oh wait, leeches. <laughs> You can't yeah, even stimulate idiots. the economy, idiots. <laughs> oh, you got a problem with it? Why don't you vote about it? Oh, you, no, can't, you can't, you dumb babies. Oh, oh. cry about it. You will. Yeah, comfort, your, comfort yeah, yourself with a, a nice beer. Oh, wait. You can't. You can't yeah. even do that. Well, you yeah, you can't. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're a stupid kid. You can't and shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking got him, guys. We got him. We got him. Kids of America, you are on notice. <laughs> they're the kids in America, and they're on notice. Hello. <laughs> So it's Christmas Eve, 1971. Period yes. piece. Some lovely snow-capped <laughs> mountains and a horsey greet us in Bartlettsville as a car zooms along. And this is Billy, along with his parents and baby brother Ricky, on their way to visit Grandpa in the Utah mental facility. Isn't that mm. nice of them? If they just had not visited Grandpa, it's all Grandpa's it, fault. Oh, yeah. 1,000%. Seems like Billy's life really went downhill after the Grandpa <laughs> visit. Yeah. <laughs> The brother is hilariously bundled up as as a tyke there. Mm-hmm. Ricky was cute. Ricky. Little baby Ricky, that was adorable. So was little baby Billy. Very cute. Yes. Very innocent and cute, for sure. He's worried that they won't be back in time for Santa, and he wants to see him. Just relax, Billy. Santa's going to bring you a big surprise tonight, says Mom. Oh, boy. Uh, the foreshadowing. Oh, boy. That's right. <laughs> And 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 he's reading he's reading uh the 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 night before Christmas in the back right. which is famously a story of Santa sneaking into your house mm. he winks at you the gall yeah. the gall of this man what a man <laughs> what a man what a man what a what a mighty good man until he's not yeah. Grandpa is supposedly catatonic very funny and very true to kid life. When he's like, what did we come here for if he can't even hear us? <laughs> and why on Christmas Eve? Like, the 23rd would have been fine, right. guys, or the 26th. It makes, it makes no difference to him. They have to nice. work, JP. They have jobs. <laughs> Hold on. I got it. Now I got to look something up. I want to see what day of the year was Christmas 1971. Yeah, you check that out. While, we, while you do, they leave Billy alone with him for a second. And the truth is revealed that it's all an act. Incredible work by Grandpa here, to be honest, to maintain this act all along. Because he is looking stone-faced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, George, I'm going to give you this one. It was a Saturday. December 25th, 1971 was a Saturday. Mm. Okay, so the 23rd would have been a Thursday. Oh, wait, so it was, on, it was on Christmas Eve, though. Wait, so, so it was Friday. a Friday. Go after work. They probably got off. They probably got off of work for that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm taking this one. Okay, the logic, the logic tracks. Well, I, I take it back. The logic <laughs> of the movie tracks. You had a you had a one in seven chance. Like it, we would have the Christmas would had to have been on Sunday. Uh, two in seven. They, they actually they actually had it taking place in 1972 originally, and then they realized that mm. that was not a this won't make any so. sense at all. These people should be on oh, no movie. <laughs> <laughs> they should be out stimulating the economy. What are they kids? People are walking out of the theater. <laughs> This doesn't make any sense to me. They're driving. Billy calls for mom. 
Oh, go yeah. ahead. Uh, sorry, I was, I was done. No, no, no. I, I agree. Yeah. Wrapped up. Fucking driving. Yeah, fucking driving. Billy calls her mom. Grandpa hisses, what do you want her for? She can't help you. Nobody can. Yeah. What the fuck was wrong with Grandpa? He was so evil. Yeah, was that ever, was that ever explained? Really? Or uh, well, he's in a of... mental hospital. I don't know right. if you know this. So he's maybe not all there, I guess, but is I thought the implication. The... I thought it was for the being catatonic. Yeah. Like, it looked like well, he's faking he... the catatonia. Right. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, was it all an act? And yes. he is the first. I don't know. Was the he ultimate like a... being good is doing nothing at all. Mm. Oh, dip. Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. My mind is blown. Is okay. Now I understand. He's going to get to the good place. That's right. The Shining influence starts to emerge some more here, where uh, much like Scatman telling Danny, here's the deal with the Overlook, Grandpa lays it all out for Billy. And he says, Christmas Eve is the scariest night of the year, boy. Because, yes, he brings presents to the boys and girls, but only if they've been good all year. The naughty ones, he punishes. What about you, boy? You've been good all year? And Billy thinks for a second, and then he shakes his head no. You see Santa Claus tonight, you better run, boy. You better run for your life. <laughs> it's this fucking amazing performance by the yeah. actor who plays Grandpa here. It's so scary. It, it He's crying and laughing and it was, just agonizing to look at. It's Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs-esque, where he just like comes in for like a short portion of the movie. And just absolutely terrifies people. Like he was, yeah. I would have been pissing my pants if I was Billy. Like if that happened to me. Yes. Like that. And that's and that was the thing. He's saying the scariest things you can possibly say to a kid, and the child actor is reacting in a very, very real way. Like I, I will talk about that later. There's some question. There's some questionable choices made with child actors in this movie. We can get into that later, but. It was that scene was legitimately scary. Like, wait, an adult is never supposed to say anything like that to a kid, like ever. Right. And then when he pulls it back together as the parents come back, you're like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I will say this: the parents believed Billy yes. in the car, and that I was very happy about that. I did. I hate that in movies when someone's telling the truth and people don't believe them. Yeah, she's like, why would he lie about this? <laughs> right. They were great parents, and they 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 had a chance to raise their child well. Mm. And sad. I mean, and to be fair to Grandpa, Billy says, "I'll be good from now on." I promise. So he sure he sure tries. Accomplished. <laughs> Michael Hickey said that he didn't know that this movie was going to be a comedy until he wrote this scene and thought it was funny as hell. Which I agree with. It is obviously, yes, very scary, but also very, very funny to me, especially several, several watches in. And he felt that it was just like an inherently funny idea to him that you'd have to flee Santa if you see him on Christmas Eve. So he wanted to make the movie as funny as possible without having jokes. It's not like a punchline kind of comedy. It's more like not rejecting the silliness. He said, quote, if you feel like you're going too far, go there. That's a great explanation. I couldn't put my finger on why it was funny, but I found myself laughing out loud several times. Like, especially when Emil, we'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll, it's a little later, but like when he's like become, you know, becoming Santa, 
Right. It's like it's like uh it's so funny, like just like seeing an image of it or seeing another scene. <laughs> it's like and he's got like it's like a physical reaction he has. Yeah. It's like a, it's like almost like he's turning into a werewolf, like when he sees a full moon. <laughs> it's it's a, it's akin to that to me, which was very funny. And, like the the physical acting there really worked for that uh for the tone that they were trying to set there. Oh, 100 percent. And and it did walk that line really well because you have him uh when he first puts on the santa suit staring in the mirror and he like the look on his face is like horrifying yeah. but then you also have the store owner and the store manager like cracking goofers and really having like a great christmas and this is so funny and silly it really does walk that line between dark macabre and absolute like zany antics almost <laughs> yeah i think zany is a perfect word for it zany is a great word for it some of the deaths too, real zany. On the way home, Billy tells them about Grandpa telling him about the Santa punishment. And as we said, his parents are kind of puzzled. But Mrs. Billy gets pissed that if he did talk, it was to scare the hell out of her kid who no longer wants yeah. Santa to come. And so she calls him a crazy old fool. Yeah, he is a crazy old fool. Parents believe your children. Well, I know we talked earlier, like we kind of went on a rant about kids just a few moments ago. <laughs> we were ago. never. We were never. But they sh- uh, are you talking about our truth telling segment? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do remember that. Yes. But you should believe them, especially when they talk about stuff like this, yeah. you know, murder, yeah. murderers. Just because they can't do anything. doesn't mean Right. They do Just because they don't. Yeah, they don't like. Yeah, they they're still human. And someday they'll do something yeah. and maybe they'll make up for all the things you did for them. Probably not. Mostly just going to make you feel bad. But regardless, they're still human because they're effectively like useless and can't do anything. Doesn't mean they can't <laughs> observe correctly. Other people, adults that's doing that is true you know that's true yeah. in that way they are almost useful almost almost yeah. um, almost not, i mean almost they're is- not they're not useful no. but like you can see you can see the inklings this the, the, the like the spark that might ignite into usefulness someday stretching almost to its absolute breaking point right <laughs> but billy says mommy you shouldn't have said that it's naughty to say mm-hmm. mean things about old people <laughs> well He's that's he true. Got, I mean, he got her ass. Yeah. So Santa's old, so yeah. he's not going to like it. Yeah, it's some old old person propaganda right there. Honestly, he's old as time. Mm-hmm. Nearby, a Santa walks into a gas station, and the cynical owner bemoans the phony sentiment of the season. And suddenly, Santa pulls out a gun. Uh, it's not just phony sentiment; a lot of it is genuine greed. And then he pulls out uh, a gun of his gun own. himself. That's yeah. right. This is fucking brutal. <laughs> like, this mm-hmm. guy just fucking wastes him. The last shot to the dome. I mean, Santa right. takes no half oh, measures. Yeah. He checks that list twice. Yep. For $31. Nice. 31 yeah. bucks. Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> yeah. It was a great line. I la- I laughed a lot at that. But it's funny because the thing that people should be upset about is like, this is a depiction of violence that is closer to real than not. And that scene was like, it was surprising. It was kind of out of nowhere. And then it just escalated in a very real and upsetting way. Mm-hmm. It it set the stakes. Like, yes, we had the scare from grandpa, but now we're setting the stakes of violence. And holy moly, it's going to be unforgiving. He just was like pure evil, too. Mm-hmm. And they didn't give us any resolution as to how Billy got away or what happened to evil Santa Claus. Like Nothing happened to evil Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hence the continuing trauma. What happened to the baby? Do we know that? Like that's, He went yeah. to the orphanage, too. 
the baby went to the orphanage with him. Oh, the baby he? is yeah. is Ricky, and Ricky is the final shot of the film. Oh, okay, Ricky. I must have, yeah, must have, <laughs> naughty. That's right. That's right. Okay, that kid was intense too. The names escaped me, but yes, that is that is right. Yeah, it's wild. Like the the the, the there is no because like is it like a evil spirit that's embodying him? That just Santa like yeah. you know is it, it what's what's going on there? Or is it I just, think Santa. I think Grandpa was right actually, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's real Santa wild stuff that's it is wild stuff nice wow wow timely reference for the kids (laughs) kind of of this era yeah where the movie was set in yeah yeah fair fair fair. he was still ruling the airwaves at the time the car full of the family is sleepy when they see someone with car trouble what the heck it's santa billy wakes up in terror no daddy don't stop but dad is too kind for his own good he slows down to ask santa what the problem is takes a bullet for his trouble, dying as the car spins out. He tumbles out the door. You go, holy shit, great stunt. Yeah. Billy runs for the ravine. Santa cuts the throat of Billy's mom right in the middle of the road, and he looks for Billy, but he can't find him, and you're like, I, he's going to kill Billy. Like, that is clearly the intent. It's very mm-hmm. intense. Powerful scene. Yeah. Yes. Especially when the Christmas music kicks in, and it just, like, lingers yes. on the aftermath. It is a fucked up and kind of funny juxtaposition there they just lean into it so hard in the commentary the producer is like what's to object to with this movie (laughs) (laughs) it's all over the place from a robbery to just stopping a family on the road and just killing them right there you know Mm -hmm. it's he's 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 going crazy yeah legit it's it's an it's an encapsulation of pure evil like like all, all the more being juxtaposed against santa claus who mythologically is like a being of pure good, um, generosity, kindness. Um, he's doing every worst thing that he can do other than I was waiting for him to kill the baby yeah. to get it shut up. That's the only thing he didn't do, but he was a monster. And I, I think that if he had found Billy, he probably would have killed Ricky too. But that because he didn't want to wait for Billy to have like run off and found someone, that is, I think, the only reason he didn't kill Ricky. Yeah, I, the fact that Ricky survived, we have to conclude that like, the, the dude ran off yeah that's i i can't believe, but it's just like what 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 if he did find billy like what did he do to billy i, I it's dark right. it's surprisingly dark yeah. yeah he's clearly he's clearly looking for him not to be friends you know what i mean <laughs> to give him a bloody box cutter you think? yeah bloody box cutter and it is it's like that like you could like maybe he didn't kill the baby because like you know babies are pure they they're incapable of doing any wrong Naughtiness, naughtiness. So, like, but you know, it's I, kids can. It's the theme. So, I mean, who knows? I don't know. It's it, it was it was chaotic for sure. A chaotic way to start the movie, but it was really like when he caught the throat. Like that's when it was holy shit. Like Woof. this is yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. December nineteen seventy four. We jump ahead. What'd you say? I just said you're crazy, Santa. You're fucking crazy, Santa. <laughs> crazy, you 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 crazy, Santa. Hey, actually, maybe it's me, but for me. I think Santa should have been in that mental hospital there. Because he's 100%. crazy. Wow. Wow. Get grandpa okay. on the streets. Okay. You know? <laughs> That's right. Switch him. Santa's just catatonic. <laughs> Warning people of, I don't know, Easter. <laughs> it yeah. switches. Every he yeah. follows up. He's like, you better run, boy. The Abaday tree is coming for you. You know what happens on Bastille Day Eve, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I saw there was a there's an interview like because it was 
being protested and 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 banned and they interviewed some mall santas and one of them said it's disgusting they have no respect for the holidays you might as well have the easter bunny out here killing people like you might as well yeah, yeah you might and, as well and that would be awesome and i would watch that I would that'd be fun no the, the easter bunny's too far <laughs> come on guys <laughs> come on look we like to have fun on this show but come on the agent <laughs> that agent scumbag <laughs> even he can't believe you got all these recordings even from he now. was like no can't do the easter bunny so that's how you Off know. that's a hop too far guys yeah. it's a hop too far wow. all right all right <laughs> december 1974 we jump ahead in time they're at saint mary's orphanage now the sister and the head of the class asked to see his christmas drawing but everyone is shocked because he's drawn a mutilated santa and decapitated reindeer and the picture is so fucking funny because it it's like it is. good enough to obviously be the props department's work. One hundred percent. I I I would love to get that print and hang it on my fridge. Honestly, it's uh it's a really good piece of art. And they did the cartoon style slicing, so the reindeer's neck was like just a circle with like one yes. ring in the center. <laughs> like, it was great. It's so funny. This is really awesome, guys. Yeah, makes me laugh. It was the first time I laughed in the movie too, so it was a good palate cleanser after the double double I, murder. So I did need a good yes. laugh. Yeah, yeah. He gets sent to Mother Superior's office, who demands an explanation. And uh, you know, maybe the horrific Santa murder of his parents should explain things, but she doesn't accept his apology. You will learn what it is to be sorry. She threatens this orphaned child and sends him to his room. The crotchety, like, uh, elder figure of the movie, you know, like, and this is this is pretty cliche, but she crushes it as this role, like, because she's frightening too, yeah, in her own way. I, she I is, and it's funny, I, it, it's in a lot of ways, this is a, a movie about like not only unprocessed, but really even unrecognized, undiagnosed PTSD, yeah, and instead of doing things to help him the the mother superior and and I, I i think it's fair to say they're they're trying to make a statement about the catholic church and they're basically pointing out like this idea of good and evil whether it's santa claus watching you do bad things or it's god watching you do bad things if you do bad things you're bad mm -hmm. and in this kid's brain if you do if if you're bad then santa claus kills right. you it's very black and white but it is an easy one to one transfer of santa equals god <laughs> like, yeah. yeah this is what the church is pushing as like santa will santa santa will strike you down and send you to hell <laughs> yeah no i that conflating of santa and god like i think that i i agree with what you said the director said which is I'm amazed that it wasn't protested because of its depiction of like the Catholic nuns yeah. and specifically the mother superior. Cause Holy moly. They're not kind about no, this. They say repress mm -hmm. that shit. Yep. He'll be fine. Yeah. And the sister is like, finally proof that he's all fucked up from this and mother superior. She's not interested in what the sister thinks. No. I thought you finally understood no, she, that. She says sister, sister. She has a PhD in child psychology, <laughs> so she's ready. She's ready to school the other time. That was sister, sister Michigan. Right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> There's sister Michigan, sister Huron, sister, <laughs> sister Christian. Yeah. Yes. That's sister right. Christian. That's right. I, everybody's favorite great lake, lake Christian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they bought one of the Great Lakes yeah. one of the a little while back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Without that residual, I thought uh, it would have been bigger money. news, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, I wouldn't think the uh, oh residuals God. for Sister Christian would be that good. <laughs> they saved, like, man. I don't know, man. They put us in Boogie Nights, mm-hmm. and we just, we got we got money now. Yeah. I, guess so. I guess so. They also indicate, though, that Billy doesn't remember what's happened, but that his behavior gets worse every Christmas, and that it is sort of bubbling up. You can't repress it. No, I mean, why? how could you? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I, well, you could. You could. I, I can think of one way. It's tying him to a bed. <laughs> That's true. Real, they'd never do that. <laughs> and only the one night, and that'll that'll solve everything forever. Yeah. The sister first, though, convinces him to leave his room and go play with the other kids against Mother Superior's direct orders. And on the way out, Billy hears two fellow orphans getting it on, and he follows the noises to it, watching through the keyhole, which ironically unlocks the memory of the Santa attack, since Santa had torn his mother's shirt open. Mm, so, wow. Serious conflation of sex and violence going on in his brain. Yeah, it's, 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 it's he's becoming, he's becoming Santa and he doesn't even know it. He, he am become Santa. He am become Santa. Oh, yeah. So that's, true. Yes. So true, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Mother Superior also heard the sex and she freaks out. You filthy devil, take your punishment. She starts beating them with the boy's belt while Billy flees for the safety of the group outside. She calls them sinners and pagans. That's right. Yeah. And she's fucking right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a sin. Fucking kids. Right. Billy, what's wrong? Asks Ricky. And the kid behind him goes, your brother's a nutcase. That's what's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. The kid behind him, who is also <laughs> the agent. agent. Yeah. yeah. The agent. Yeah. <laughs> Sneaking his way into the work, too. I mean. The guy is all over this movie, yeah, man. It's a good way. I mean, yeah. You got to recoup, you know. <laughs> It was weird that that kid had a smoker's voice. They yeah. needed a cameo. <laughs> uh, that kid's a rascal, though. I like it. It's funny. No, that was a choice that actor made. That kid was talented. It was. One of the few. One of the few children that I aren't just total pieces That's of right. shit. But Mother Superior has come to claim him as well, telling Billy that what he saw was something very, very naughty. And when you're naughty, you're always caught. And then punished. Mm. Punishment is absolute. Punishment is necessary. Punishment is good. And you left your room, William. Very, very naughty. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, and meanwhile, Sister Margaret's like, yo, I let him out of the room. Mother Superior's not having it. She won't do it. And so she's getting off on the violence against children. Mm -hmm. Come on. He gets the belt as well before bed. These two are working in tandem. The reinforcement of the trauma. You would think that they, you know, would know that, too, just given his background. You know, it seems like it's a pretty small town. Like, hey, this kid's parents. Were She's not interested in it. Saying, I know. Yeah, it's it's crazy to me. It's yeah. It's, uh, yeah but, you know, I get, it is. And it, it really doesn't paint the 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 orphan, the uh, <laughs> Catholic orphanage in a great light. So the orphanarium. But like what does like, is, is there any piece of media that really does, you know, or has there been Blues brothers? <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, it's a valid no, point. Just kidding. They're, meaning, me. they're meaning that too. Yeah. I feel like that's kind uh, of a trope. the orphanage. Yeah. That's oh, right. yeah. El Wait, no, I'm, th- I'm thinking of the orphan, that one movie. Mm. Not the orphanage. Mm. Same kind of thing. You though. should see the orphanage. It's yeah, really good. Orphan. Yeah. Surprised it hasn't come up on this podcast yet, to be honest. Wow. It's very, very good. Future guests, get on it. He cries in the night, having a nightmare about the attack, the, the main attack. But when he awakes and leaves his room in terror, Mother Superior is there ever watching. And she ties Billy to his bed while he begs for help. And it is fucking crazy. 
Mm-hmm. It's very upsetting. Yeah. Christmas the next morning, Mother Superior scans over the orphans enjoying their gifts and a brief moment of joy in their orphaned lives. And she scowls. I see nothing but greed. And she's the agent, too. I see nothing but greed where there should be gratitude. Yeah. God, he was so good in this movie. He did a real Norbit. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice it at first. You know, but then the voice, you know, it's hard to disguise that voice. He fully. like only in dubbed individual lines, though, because I'm pretty sure that initially when I played the recording of Mother Superior, it was closer to her voice. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely seemed it, it, the change is so subtle, but you suddenly he's full of the agent. Right. Mm-hmm. Billy promises to behave and Mother Superior gloats to Sister Margaret. Look at how good he is. I'm a genius and my methods are flawless. She's good. She's good, folks. We're tying all the kids to beds. <laughs> now, I, my partner Claire is, in fact, a therapist, and she pointed out that you wouldn't do this on a first session. Mm. Maybe, maybe on a second or third, a third, you would tie up a child to a bed. Mm. But you know, you should still be getting information from the child on the first session, right? So, <laughs> Mother Superior forces Billy to sit on Santa's lap. This is the test. She says, I'll show you, Sister Margaret. This is insane. You'll learn that my methods are perfect. (laughs) Scene was beautiful. Exposure therapy. That's right. Leads that guy. Fuck you, Santa. Fucking slugs him. Oh, that's absolutely clocks him. It is iconic. It is the move of a lifetime. If I were that kid, I would, my business card would somehow be a gif of that scene. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Lays him out yeah. like it, it, it's impressive for a kid punch. Yeah, it, it winds up. Yeah, yeah. and he's look at the bloody like, nose. What the fuck is wrong with that kid? <laughs> yeah, he's out cold for a second. There are really good one-liners from from people like 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 that yeah. one. The the what the fuck is wrong with that kid? Like it, it just cracked my ass yeah. off right after watching him get laid out by kids. Right. And it's funny because it's easily explainable. Like that question that the answer to that question is, oh well, his parents were murdered by Santa, so he's kind of got a, <laughs> right. and, a and, thing. <laughs> and then his his primary parental caregiver tied him up. Yeah. Yes. Well, she's not about to let it rest there because she follows him up to his room. And things get gauzy as we hear her say, threatening William. His punishment, surely severe, left to the imagination. Mm, can't be good. Can't be good. Yeah, we've seen. Probably was good. Oh, actually, now that you say that, I think it might have been good, actually. <laughs> That's so weird. I'm actually also thinking that it probably was good. Punishment is good. It is absolute. We heard that. In my version, she gave him a hug and she said, you know what? I learned something, too. Wow. That's nice. Yeah. I heard she was like, you're going to break your thumb if you don't punch him correctly. So (laughs) give him a pair of brass knuckles for next time. Yeah. I thought this was Christmas, not Boxing Day. By the by, I was going to say the boxing instructor from Rocky. Similar voice, I think, to Mm -hmm. Mr. Mm -hmm. Agent. Wow. Jump to spring 1984. It's 10 years later. Billy is now an 18-year-old. In fact, he's a bright-eyed 18-year-old hunk, not some child who can't carry crates like an idiot. Yeah. (laughs) it's. uh, I want to talk about this job that he's being hired for because the job is primarily boxing. (laughs) That's that's 90% of what we see him doing is boxes. One time, the box is a child that he's lifting, but it's still boxes. Sounds like someone who worked in the stock room at a toy store. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you do, dog. You're doing boxes all day. That was day. a high. 
That was a high volume toy store yeah. too. Also, the toys in that store, I had so many Delightful. of them. And I want all of Delightful. them. I want a I want to go to that toy store. Oh the blast from the toy stores in general, the blast from the blast. Yeah. And all the proceeds go to the IRA. <laughs> That's right. Win win. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Suddenly, montage. <laughs> Warm side oh of the my door God, plays as Billy gets the hang of the whole job thing. Lifting boxes. boxes. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite moments is Billy just like slightly adjusting a notebook display, and Mr. Sims sees him and does a big nod of approval. You know why? Because he had clocked out for the day, but he still wanted to do a good job on his way. Out. My favorite part of this montage is when the guy his co-worker pulls out a thing of scotch to drink in the middle That's of the right. day from his desk and then Andy. he just holds a, a thing of milk yeah. a carton of milk no i'm good i've got this milk yeah now did you see what he was having for lunch though because it was a pack of marlboro reds <laughs> oh yes yeah it's delicious tobacco it's, it's great yeah. yeah he's like oh god no I, I couldn't taint my body with that impurity anyway i'll just be smoking chain smoking a pack of cigarettes for lunch milk and cigarettes yeah yes andy not only drinks whiskey <laughs> he is also lazy contrasted with billy's diligent work yeah, yeah he was a real piece of shit mm-hmm. when it went his heel turn came out of nowhere <laughs> well uh there's a lot of <laughs> names that end in y in this movie i noticed as well you got billy ricky andy they were like fuck it uh, santi 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 claus santi Sisty. Mm-hmm. Superior. <laughs> Superior. <laughs> it is a lot of uh, very fun time capsule moments, though, as we see a lot of footage of this toy store throughout this thing. Also very fun when Billy has sort of a fit at seeing the newly unrolled Merry Christmas sign. Oh, my, oh my God. He hates that Santa Claus picture so much. This was what I was talking about. Like, this is I think I laughed out loud the hardest here because <laughs> when he sees that it has a, like a visceral reaction to it. It was so funny. So funny. <laughs> the season is right around the corner now that he's been there for a bit. And Andy is pissed that Billy has an attitude and he's become a moon goon combination of the impending holiday and his developing crush on another coworker of theirs, Pamela which he doesn't know how to process thanks to this inextricable link between violence and sex in his mind now, both from the Santa attack and the mother superior beat down. Mm-hmm. That explains why he's turning into such a moon goon. Mm-hmm. Moon goon. Great name. Great. Has that been said before? Thing that I'm calling people. You mean since I've been seeing it? Yes, all the time. Before well, I'm going to start calling everybody yeah, a moon I don't know goon. about before this. I don't know. I've never heard Get of that before. on a t-shirt. Yeah, it's good. We should. Yeah, we should trademark it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we should trademark. <laughs> yeah, let's make some money. Let's get into this moon. Someone goon money. got to, you know. What I mean? <laughs> let's get in on the moon goon while the moon goon is good. That's right. Let's give the Plutember so boys cool. a little scratch. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. Daddy needs a new three pair of shoes. <laughs> yeah, I gotta wet my beak. <laughs> Billy even lets out a swear of his own thanks to his general malaise. Yeah, he doesn't care about this fucking job. Whoa, mm-hmm. Billy, you can't say that. Yeah, come on, Billy. You're better than that. Don't be naughty. That's right. And then he's greeted in the front of the store by Santa himself. He tumbles and spills and has to run off to gather himself. Classic pratfall. He knocked over some bouncy balls. It was great. That's right. And he has a dream that night about having sex with Pamela, but they're interrupted by Santa dragging a knife down his back. It is a pretty brutal effect. Uh, And he wakes from this dream with the memory of Mother Superior haunting him. I want to be good. And he pleads to himself, don't punish me. It flashed back to him as a kid, too. Yeah. Crying in the corner and saying the same words. 
I just I want to just take a moment to say that 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 knife down the back, like the implication being that these he's not stabbing, he's like full on slicing him. And unlike Riggs, I appreciate that the actor was willing to show off his nude body, yeah, um, and his hairy butt. And uh, I found it to not be porn. I get <laughs> that other people might enjoy watching hairy butts get stabbed, but that's not what I would say is porn. Wow, very brave of you, JP. That is Thank brave. You. Thank that you. Is brave. Yeah. yeah. It still was. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> why am I getting turned on by it then? You know what I mean? <laughs> Touche, sir. No, it was. Um, yeah, it, I don't know. It was. It was very funny, if, like it, it's draw, walking the line of like silly and creepy mm-hmm. to me in a very interesting way. Like I laughed a lot at this moment, but I'm also like the dream part too. Like, but it's also too like elevating the gore. I feel like they kind of hinted at the gore at the start of the movie, like with the slashing of the throat and everything. And now they're getting like more visceral graphic. Oh yeah, yeah. Like they, they kind of you know you're they're in, you're in now. You're watching the movie, so we're gonna go all out, and it kind of keeps going too. Yeah. Okay. And and to that point, Riggs, I think it, it, it was the escalation of violence happened entirely within him. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, it went from something very simple to like, he's going to start getting creative with his, uh, his, his, how he envisions violence. Yeah. He did. He did get creative. He did. A lot of good kills. A lot of really good kills. It's Christmas Eve now. Santa broke his ankle. Plus the temp agency only has women. So Mr. Sims ropes Billy into playing Santa. That'll probably go well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one gave that any thought, clearly. <laughs> Billy could have just said no. He wants to be good. He said anything you want, Mr. Sims. I know what the boss was like. And like, if you'll do it, that'll be great. But yeah. he didn't say you have to do it. Billy could have said no. Yeah. Well, So it's all Billy's fault is what I'm trying to this say. This is why you need to set boundaries at work. You do. <laughs> Very important. It is. And his body language as he stares into the mirror at himself in the outfit is very funny and tense. But it also, I thought, kind of replicates the body language of the, the kid version with Grandpa, where he's like yes. totally stiff and out of it. Yes. It was like a surprisingly powerful moment for something that was also simultaneously cheesy. Like, mm-hmm. and I think deliberately so. Ah, I'm so, we'll get into this later, but I'm so torn. There are choices they made in this movie that I think are really smart. And then there are moments in this movie where I'm like, or was it? And. <laughs> Like, I don't know. There, there's a version of seeing that scene and it just being funny because it's kind of laughable. And there's a version of seeing that scene and it being incredibly good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really, yeah, I, I'm kind of right there with you where I, it, it was really good. Like, it's, it, it was the first time where I, like, clicked that he is, I mean, he is because it's very Tim Allen-esque. He is becoming Santa Claus by simply putting on the costume he didn't realize when he took this job that there was a santa claus in the contract yes you guys you guys joke but it is a real wall yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm not joking i was i'm not joking yeah, i'm sorry i was i was laughing at something else yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know what you're talking about yeah <laughs> be jolly mr sims tells him and try not to scare the little bastards because some of them actually think that he's scary if you can believe it the children are rascals, though, and the way that Billy is handling this is very funny, just like whispering, stop it, stop it, what's the matter <laughs> yeah. with you, please stop it, what's the matter with you? <laughs> yeah, no, I, this was one of the moments that was upsetting, because that's a real child in this guy's lap, and mm-hmm. I, the type of awareness and understanding and onset 
protections that we have in the industry now are because of things like this. I mean, we're not talking the Twilight Zone incident, but it's still like that child was being pinched and yelled at and threatened by an adult. And there's a certain, God, I hope that they made sure the child understood it was just acting because he was scary. He was fucking scary. Yeah, he switches to the old Santa punishes naughty children severely routine. Yeah, I'm gonna punish you children severely. Yeah. The other adults in that scene laughed that and like looked at that interaction and said, oh. "Wow, he really knows how to handle kids." Yeah. Yes. Oh, so <laughs> yes. That's right. And he was like, there was no talking. He was like just whispering to her, like, "Stop it! Stop it! Stop <laughs> kicking!" Okay. Like, it was just. It like, was really. Anybody- yeah. It's so weird because it's also a very funny scene. Right. Like, how is anybody really looking ridiculous. at that and saying, like, this is going well? And I just, I just, it was very funny. That's right. Seven o'clock. It's over. Time to get shit faced. Time to get shit faced. Oh, the best. Another banger tune plays too. It must be Christmas. It must be Christmas. And it was. It was. And in fact, it was. Well, Christmas yeah. Eve. Christmas prophetic, Eve. Prophetic song, though. Mm hmm. Stick with me, kid, says Mr. Sims as he liquors Billy up. By the time this party is over, you'll think you are Santa Claus. Oh, no. He's drunk so fast. That's some foreshadowing. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. I love them trying a Christmas carol and immediately stumbling over the lyrics together. (laughs) It's so funny to me. It was really good. Yeah. I, I, I I hate the forced group singing of Christmas carols mm-hmm. and the depiction Wassling. in movies and, and TV shows where people fucking love it. We're all just like standing together. Like we're all shopping in the mall and then somebody's just like dashing through the snow and everyone in the mall stops what they're doing and starts singing along. Like that's what real life is like. I've never encountered it flash mobs? Yeah. <laughs> I might just be constantly getting flash mob. This may be a long form joke. Someone's I, pulling a prank. I will say, though, that I do think that it is annoying in that, like, it, it's rude to leave in the middle of the song, but, like, I get it after a certain amount of time. I'd be so pissed if someone came at my door and just started, like, singing. And I had to sit there the whole fucking song. Like, yeah. you know, like, what do you want? Yeah. No they one want invited you. What they want, <laughs> and you can pay them to go away. Do I you pay need them? to give them like, figgy pudding, and you need to give it to them right now. Wow. Do you tip carolers? Like, You're I, I, I'm, to, yeah, they're usually are you like really? raising money for a church or something. Oh man, I've never encountered it in real life. I've always thought it was something that just happens on like TV and movies. Because I, 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 I have, I haven't, I've encountered it once, but it was literally they were doing it just for the joy of wow. spreading the joy. Wow. See, like that's what I'm talking about. Like that's what I've always seen. Like people just doing it just to do it. Like, do you, you don't tip those people, right? I don't think you tip them. But like, if they're collecting money for charity, you give them right. money. Of course, like if it's for. But a if cause, they're just like, yes. if they're just but like, I've they never... show up at your door and they're like dressed as Dickensian characters singing <laughs> right. carols. Yeah, man, slam the Which door one? in their face. Fagin is there. <laughs> <laughs> the artful Dodger. The artful Dodger. Yeah, they're now playing like on that. Hulu. Wow. Can, yeah, can, I just <laughs> hose them down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just get out of your spritz bottle like with yeah. its cat. Yeah. <laughs> Andy and Pamela sneak off to the back. Andy has a gift to give her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're there for a long time, too, I feel like, because yeah. they, they go they... back there at the start, the very start of the party. Yeah. And then they cut to the 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 owner or the manager being like very drunk. Yeah. They're still back there. That's you right. Know, before is. they go into the room. Yeah. Billy's upset. And then but he is approached by Mr. Sims giving either the best drunk performance of all time or he's actually drunk. Impossible. Agreed. To say. <laughs> Agreed. 
But this exchange is so funny. He's so expressive while Billy is stone-faced talking about his dead parents. Yes. I was thinking about my parents. Oh, you should. You should <laughs> on Christmas. They're dead. I totally fucking forgot. Oh, I'm so sorry, Billy. I fucked so that up. God, he's so good. Well, you better yeah. sober up, Santa. You got a long night ahead of you. And he starts wheezing with laughter. Better get started, fucking... Barty's dead anyway. Go get him, Santa. <laughs> really killer party, too. Yeah. It just yeah. It seemed seemingly lasted like ten minutes. This yeah. is this is this is why companies choose not to have alcohol fueled holiday parties anymore. It's true. it's true. Because somebody always gets drunk, dressed up like Santa, and then axe murders an entire town. Well, yeah. they got like liquor ready at the ready, you know, under the desk. Oh, I love it. Like, under I love the it. Register. They yeah. put out a special tablecloth on a counter just yeah. for the liquor That's right. <laughs> and a bag of pretzels. Yes, yeah. I saw the pretzels. Yes. <laughs> well, you need to have some starch to soak up the alcohol. You have to. And Santa stares at Andy and Pamela, who he, he now has lured her back with the promise of a present. Yes, but the present is his penis. Hmm. It does seem that that is what the present is. Yeah. He's not, uh, not and, and not a wanted present. No. We, we learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She uh, says, actually, please, please give me a gift receipt on this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sims and another worker sing Santa's watching, which is a scary song at the best of times. Mm-hmm. Breaks Billy, who goes and murders the not taking no for an answer. Andy, now that he has fully snapped and embraced his role as Santa Naughty, he screams, strangling Andy with a string of lights. Mm-hmm. And also holding him up with one hand like yeah. he's the goddamn, like like he's, God, was it the Undertaker that used to do that? Yeah, yeah. no, and you made fun of him doing boxes all day. I mean, they they really want us to know that 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 Billy is like seven feet tall and can bench press an Australian <laughs> like, lad. Yeah. yeah. And I also really like this moment that Pamela is freaked the fuck out. She calls him a crazy bastard. She's not like, oh, like this, this has gone perfectly. Thank you yeah. for rescuing me. Thank you for stopping him from assaulting me. Right. No, it's more it's, like it's this is still a very bad situation. Yeah. <laughs> she hits him. She's generally being naughty. And so punishment is necessary, Pamela. It is good. And he slices her right up the sternum like a damn Christmas turkey. Yeah. Yeah, which is mirroring the cut uh, down his butt that Reek's called porn. Like it's mm-hmm. it's 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 very similar. Like just the up, uh, uh. very pornographic. Thank you, JP. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, and and it's 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 look, they're doing a lot with a little. They're using the old blood coming out the one the unseen side of the knife, and mm-hmm. you just like run it up and make it look like a cut. It to good effect. I mean, it it, yeah. it was visceral. It felt icky. Yeah. I agree. It did. That's what I'm talking about, like the elevated gore, because you didn't even see the throat cut at the beginning of the movie. But then you're seeing yeah. this knife just like drag up her. Oh, yeah. I yeah, felt that's that. what I'm saying. I, I think you really brought up a good point uh, when you when you brought that up. And it is like the first time we see more gruesome violence is in yeah. his own dreams. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. The final coworker goes looking for Mr. Sims. <laughs> She's so good. She was so good. The the, the store manager. Mm-hmm. She's fun. And she finds him. But when she tries to escape in terror, then calls the cops. Billy chases her down. Really great bait and switch with this fire axe where he's chasing her, then loses it. And as she's about to use it to escape, 
he nails her with a bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. I was I was cheering for her so hard because she ran she she ambushed him, yep. knocked him down, thought enough to grab the axe. Yeah. And I was just like, hell yeah, lady. I, I think what Claire said specifically was she's doing all the things that we yell at them to do in the movie. Yeah. yeah. She made it work. And but then he is handy with a children's bow and arrow toy. <laughs> Making do. I mean, you got to respect it. Like Santa is knows his way around toys. Yeah, that's funny. So. That, that was like sold. in the Yeah, like yeah, with the actual there. arrows. Like, <laughs> why is that there? No, you, you saw it when it protruded through her. It actually had a suction cup on the end. Oh, oh right. man. He's he's just, yeah, he right. just pulled back that hard. Yeah. He's, he's that cool. strong. He's, he's yoked up. Yeah. Crazy tension <laughs> on that bow. <laughs> it was a children's compound yeah. bow. Come on. Yeah, I guess so. Foam dark. Sister Margaret has gotten wind of Billy's new job from Andy earlier, and she comes to check on him, finding the aftermath. Fucking amazing sh- match shots as she screams, and it cuts to a bunch of nutcrackers looking like they're screaming. Oh, my God. I love to this. A bunch of carolers singing the delightful Christmas fever. And people say there's no artistry to this. Grow up. Yeah. yeah, yeah come on. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Open your eyes. Yeah. The Nutcracker screaming that I want to like, I, I'd love to just capture that frame. Mm-hmm. Like hang it somewhere. That'd be great. Linnea Quigley as Denise is smooching her boyfriend in the basement and he switches the radio on Christmas flu to drown out that racket. Fun pair of tied together songs, Christmas fever and Christmas flu. Yep. Mm-hmm. The kid that she's babysitting wakes up and wants to see Santa. And in an effort to get her to go to bed, Denise warns her that if she doesn't go back, Santa isn't going to come. And her boyfriend whispers, he's not the only one, which really made me laugh. Yeah. Yep. He had one other line that really made me laugh, too. I hope you're going to mention it. Is it the corner pocket two balls? Two two balls. Two balls, corner pocket. Yep. I wasn't going to mention it, so I'm glad you said something. (laughs) he's, He's just using his balls. Yeah, it doesn't make the most sense. No, I think Reeks is right. Gotta get my balls in. <laughs> He's just using his balls. Gonna dip his balls in it. That's what that state skit was about. That's how you have sex, right? Yeah, yeah. that's just yeah. the balls. But this, but George just gets back to what I was saying. Like, th- there's this ever-present invoked fear uh, uh, that they're 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 playing on like santa is around and yeah. he's watching you and if you're like it's this threat made to children to try to get them to behave yeah definitely he sees when you're sleeping he knows when you're awake mm-hmm. very true things wait really yeah you better be good for goodness sake mm. oh no that's right he seems like he's only checking the list once though to be honest oh no oh Riggs. i, I I'm sorry. I said it. I think he's only skimming that list. Wow. Crazy. Give it a second look, Santa. That's all I'm saying. Give Uh, that list a second look. Okay, look, I don't condone this. I'm so sorry to the listeners. I'm not going to cut it because I think it's important that I not censor Reeg's opinion, but I definitely don't agree. Hey, Mr. Claus, Santa, you're going to want to give that list a second look. Wow. That's all I'm saying. From I, I know that you're Reeves. doing that already, Santa. Just fucking Reeves. calling him out. Calling him out. Don't cut it. I'm not. Oh, I wouldn't <laughs> dream of it. You're you're on the hook for that one, pal. Well, Santa's outfit is mistaken for the collar of the family cat. Mm-hmm. Although, I guess it could have been both. It's sort of nebulous. Who is jingling? <laughs> That's true, but it does. Yeah. The cat lived, by the way. That was mm. good. That is good. Denise goes to let it in without her shirt on, as you do. Well, yeah, that didn't make a lot of sense. One does. It, well, it makes sense from a movie perspective in that they needed to stick her on the antlers, which needs to go through her torso. Mm-hmm. So, oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. If she had a shirt on, she would have lived. 
Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. Billy screams punish, and then he breaks down the door in pursuit, which Ooh. is amazing. He grabs her and he pales her on the mounted deer head. It is an iconic kill, and for good reason. Siskel and Ebert did hate this one in particular. Oh, man, this is the best one. Yeah, they're crazy. It was great effects, too. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I, I was so in awe. It wasn't like a quick thing, too. It was like he no, really he slowly slid her. Yeah, yeah. They made a meal out of it. Like, yeah, it was. They did it, make a meal out of it. That's true. That's the milk and cookies, baby. <laughs> it was delicious. It's the milk and cookies, baby. It's a good expression. <laughs> Trademark that as well. We're gonna have so many T-shirts from this episode. We're gonna guys. be making no. so much money now. Why didn't yeah. we think of this before? We should have been the making merch. T-shirts the whole time. All we should do is just make merch. There's an amazing tiger painting on the wood paneled wall as we rejoin the boyfriend. 100%. And there's another one in the house later, too. It's a two tiger household. You know they got money. Oh, yeah. Uh, Another song, my personal favorite, Merry Christmas Baby, is playing as the boyfriend comes up to investigate. Merry Christmas, baby. I guess I really tied one on. I found another party. I found another place all night long. You know, Beautiful. do me a favor, isolate Beautiful. that. <laughs> isolate that. We're gonna clip it. We're, we're gonna use that later. And <laughs> cut. Clip it and cut. I'm really Wait. glad that I didn't look up the lyrics before doing that, so that I kind of stumble over the last one. <laughs> it was really good. That'll be perfect. Done it right isolation. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Angelic. I wasn't familiar with the Christmas that Christmas song though until this movie. That's because it was yeah. original. Oh, it is. Okay, yes. I'm, yes, it's that's all right. original. That's right. Freaks, that's you right. need to original. add this to your Christmas list so you can yes. also know all the words. Because I will be doing this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put all these songs onto our family's shared Christmas list Great. and not tell Claire. <laughs> and, uh, just throw in a couple. Yeah, that couple, sounds like it will grow, go really, really well. <laughs> I gotta break up the the sea shanties and the the Celtic singing. Yeah. Hey, I'm in favor of it. Um, have a good sea shanty at Christmas. <laughs> I mean, they're good sea shanties, but yeah, <laughs> got to be it's got to be Arctic sea- region specifically. So it has mm-hmm. that cold atmosphere. Finding a bad sea shanty is like finding a useful kid. You can't. You <laughs> wow. Can't. Wow. <laughs> Sometimes it gets close like that one kid. <laughs> like that one kid. Yeah. But yeah. But ultimately useless. That's right. I like the boyfriend is like, if this is some kind of joke, I'm going to kill her <laughs> just in time. To uh, see her, then get bopped himself by Santa, comically tossed out the window in a shower of glass. Mm-hmm. He does get a few good licks in with the fire poker, though, and kicks him in the balls. Kicks him in the nuts, yeah. Yes. Yeah, look, turns out Santa's got nards. I was just gonna fucking say that. <laughs> <laughs> the girl. Oh, that's, that's an iconic line, too. Yeah. The girl, the little girl, spots Santa Claus. She gets hype. He asks her, have you been good all year? She says yes. He really, you know, talk about checking that list twice. I think he asked her like four times. Are you yeah. sure you've been good? It's but cool. she insists that she has been good all year. So he gives her a present. Bloodied box cutter. Wow. Thanks, Santa. So great. Yes. Great fucking moment. And yeah. also his perpetuating the, the idea of like the, the trauma can be revisited upon someone else. And yeah. now you've created a new generation. That's right. It's yeah. just like Halloween 4, where Jamie takes over, or the implication is that Jamie is going to take over for Michael Myers, right. even though they never followed up on it because they're fucking cowards. And didn't they bring her in for a different one, but in a different role? Yeah, she, well, she's in five, and then she's just like, oh, no, I'm actually just good again. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm just scared. I'm a scared little girl. That's the one that ends with her in a in like a clown costume, but no, she's that's four. To, they that, like, that's only four at the yeah. end of it. Like kills her mom or something. Yeah, the, they're like, oh, she's in the clown outfit, just like Michael was. Oh, oh yeah. no, mm-hmm. they all kind of blend together for me after a certain point. This was the first time where it was like kind of nuanced, though. In this, in the like, it wasn't a he wasn't just a chaotic killing machine. Like he had he was kind of tested. Yeah. But it, I, and I think that that's what makes him as a character still have that seed of empathy because right. he is following the rules as he yeah. knows them, mm-hmm. right? That's, that the, that's true. this is what he's been told is the case and he's been forced into this role now. And so he says, well, this is what Santa does is he punishes the people who are naughty, which is most people, and he rewards the people who are good. And so this child has tell, told me that she's good. So here's her gift. And I think that it's a hugely important moment for Billy as a still mm-hmm. slightly empathetic character to yeah. have that sympathy as he goes further and further over the deep end. It's 100%. an important point for the movie, too, as a whole, because like if it's a totally different thing, if he's just, like I said, a chaotic killing machine yeah. instead, like it's you're right, like it's the rules as he knows them, which is a totally different thing. And a box cutter is pretty good gift. Yeah, it's Practical. useful as fuck. Yeah. No, it's I think that there's a like in in the horror genre, there's the nature versus nurture idea behind villains. And this is like a 100 percent nurture. Like he was not born evil. He he, and he still is a human being struggling with following this rigid rule set. But there's still things like these are the rules. And he he, there's humanity in him. And he also just became the crazy villain like earlier this afternoon so right. like he's still kind of working out the kinks you know, <laughs> yeah figuring, you know figuring out like the rules yeah there's new yeah. scenarios you know trial by fire yeah, we'll, yeah. Figure it out. we'll figure it out we'll finish trial it. by we'll- fireplace more like nice nailed it i also love his big smile that he gives her before casually walking out very very funny mm-hmm. and then she ultimately you hear off screen like she's asking for her sister and then you know she's going to discover her sister's yeah. dead body like it's just ugh. it's brutal also the yeah. second look at the boyfriend on the lawn there all yeah up, you're like what the fuck that is gratuitous it, it looked like yeah. he was like impaled on something too glass. like it was glass. the glass oh, it was, it was, it was glass. Yeah, okay they did the thing movies always do that like breakaway glass but mm-hmm. like real glass will shatter in big chunks like that and you have a very high chance of just being impaled or cut very deeply well they killed that guy really i did not know that that's no yeah that guy, that guy actually died yeah yeah this is a wow that's <laughs> yeah. wild yeah yep. and that was the he, real reason for the protest they don't talk that about was it yeah it wasn't yeah. the santa claus stuff <laughs> oh yeah i am reading that now he wanted to he clearly it seems like he wanted it to was do in it, his though. will like it yeah, was in his yeah he it, it it, it it started an interesting conversation about right to death and uh-huh. and and whether you know Kevorkian came movies. He loved the movies. <laughs> it also got it, like have like movie people executives like get a glass guy get, on set. Get you know, a glass guy. Get a glass guy on get set. Get a glass guy. I mean, like this kind of thing happens. Was there a glass guy on this on this set? I don't think so. Let me look through no. the credits. Uh no. Clearly not, or this guy would be still alive. Yeah, yeah exactly. No. And that's why you you must have a glass guy. The cops that's have finally say. gotten roped in by this little girl. Can you believe it? One asks. It's Christmas Eve and we got orders to bring in Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Good pronunciation. Thanks. <laughs> they spot a Santa climbing into a house. They smash their way in. They hold him at gunpoint right above a little girl who looks up and says, Daddy! So they smash the Christmas myth right in front of her eyes in a way that is sort of emblematic of the whole movie, in my opinion. 
Mm-hmm. And thankfully, that's the last mistake that the cops ever make in it's, this movie or in the world. Yeah, it's great that that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> the one cop kind of looks like Tim Baltz. Yes. Me. Oh, my God. I literally put in Discord. I said, look at this Tim Baltz motherfucker. And I, <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Pictures of him. Yes, I totally agree that he looks like an elderly Tim Baltz. With a mustache. Billy avoids the cops by ducking into a ravine. If it's not the same exact place he hid before, it's at least extremely similar. And a nice little callback, I thought. Mm-hmm. He takes a stroll through the woods, coming onto some sledders there. A very fun scene. These two guys are like, there's someone out there. And then it's some bullies. This might have been my favorite piece of the film. Yeah. The bullies are hilarious. The the kids are being prudent. There's a nice misdirect where you're like, oh, fuck, Santa's in the woods. But then it's not. It's the bullies. And then the bullies get their comeuppance in the most delightful way. Mm-hmm. It was very like Scott Farkas from A Christmas Story <laughs> ass. Like the bully like, <laughs> punches him in the stomach. It's like, yeah, got, like a, kind of a 50s cadence to him. It's, when yes, I grow up, I want to be just like you. Ugly and completely <laughs> stupid. Yeah. It was a good burn, honestly. Yeah. It really was. Fucking got his ass. Then they got his ass, but they still do lose their sled. <laughs> yeah, they lose their sled. Yeah. No, but they but they get their head. That's true. Nice. We were uh, racing. We were both. We were racing <laughs> with that one. Yeah. Sorry, is no, honest. I couldn't. I yeah, I couldn't get there. I couldn't get there. You can't slow I'm down like, wait, fucking there's a something thing. with a head. Yeah, like I. <laughs> Yes, further sins, though, one gets decapitated by Billy on the way down, and the other is greeted at the bottom by his headless body still sledding perfectly down to him with the head tumbling not far behind it. It's incredible. The final shot there of you see the head on the ground, and they did the practical effect where they just buried the guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was his real head. And then the body slumps over on like right next to it. Beautiful. It's beautiful. beautiful. Work of art. It's beautiful. And you might say, oh, this is a completely extraneous scene. It has no impact on the plot. But first off, I say it's vital to my heart. Yes. Agreed. But second of all, important. the movie was originally called Sleigh Ride. Yeah. You couldn't not have a sledding scene in it. Right. Yes. So that's that's where this comes from. It's a remnant from it being called Sleigh Ride. I thought the shots of the the sled ride was, were really funny, like because it didn't. They were. It, it looked like a pretty almost horizontal <laughs> hill. Not a, a lot, lot of time. snow left on the ground. It's like kind no. of dirty, like it's been yeah. there for a while. The dude's like, "It's this is virgin snow," and then you see it, and like, there's already a path carved by other people sledding <laughs> on it. Like, like I don't think you know what that <laughs> it means. Was the first take, it wasn't even other people. <laughs> they're acting like they're going much faster than it seems like they're going too, which I thought was very funny. Great scene. Great, great scene. Yes, great scene. I, I love this whole this whole sequence. Really loved it. As far as shooting it, the second unit director literally went down the hill on a sled with the handheld camera, and Robert had to step out and swing that axe with about a four-inch window to not absolutely fuck this dude up. Wow. Yeah, that's it's cool. a rubber, it's a rubber head, but that still wouldn't be fun. Great work. No, yeah. But to redo that. Yeah. I only have so many that's rubber awesome. heads on set, too. Right. And so many actual heads on second unit directors. That's true. <laughs> They join Margaret at the police station the next morning, and she asks, any news? All bad, sister. <laughs> Three more murders. He's been eluding my men all night. The agent is back playing this old grizzled cop, and this cop is great. This, yeah. it's, it, he, is, he is absolutely, you know this dude is just like one day from retirement as well. Like, like this is just, 
every cop cliche that you've ever seen all rolled into one. He was mm-hmm. excited to retire on Christmas Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it also is funny that, like, he's like, he's been eluding my men all night. Meanwhile, this dude is just staggering from murder to murder. <laughs> yeah. He's not exactly an escapologist here. No. The dude is slow walking across town yeah. in a giant red Santa suit against white snow. I he think he enc- might be able to catch him. He hasn't even been encountered yet to this point. Like that's it's by the cops, has he? No. Yeah. Maybe so. nuts, but he's not stupid. And then now that's they true. get us. That's true. Uh, the agent also came back and started playing. It's that yeah, same right. cop though. <laughs> yeah, and also Sister Margaret. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's my only kind of gripe with it, though, is because I feel like a lot of the budget went to that stuff <laughs> to like kind of shoehorn the no, agent into was, the movie. It was right. It was right to do it. It's just like they had to spend out. so much money designing and implementing that that's that sledding hill. Okay, right. <laughs> they had to get so many snow machines out there. It's true. Wait for the right conditions. You have to wait for the magic hour. Yeah, it was like July when they filmed it, so yeah. they had to really they, they had to do a lot of work. Exactly. They try to predict his next move, which is the St. Mary's home for orphaned children. And then, yeah, oh, shit. Tim, Tim Baltz looking ass cop arrives just in time to see Santa approaching some kids playing outside. So he kids in, he opens fire, he kills Santa in a hail of bullets, he splatters little Ricky himself with blood. And cr- crazy scene. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't even hey, try hey, to get him to stop. If that guy had just complied. If that guy had just complied. That's right. Well, the problem is that uh, when they flip him over... They discover that he was a regular ass Santa, deaf old Father O'Brien, not Billy. So he could not hear them shouting to stop, and uh, that was when they filled his back with lead. Insane. Well, you know they're going to cover that up. Yeah. yeah. Mother's they had orders like, to shoot to kill. They they say they it in the cop car, like they say, "Oh, we got orders to shoot to kill." That's Any right. Santa, every Santa. <laughs> Up seems, against the wall. That seems kind of crazy. So <laughs> nationwide manhunt for Santa. If you see a Santa, shoot him. Yeah, on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Day. It's Christmas, Christmas morning. Day. Christmas Day. Yes. Guys, we don't talk enough about Santa on Santa crime, though. Yeah, it's hard, hard out there. You know, it's there's only it's, so many street corners to jangle it's, a bell on. It's real. <laughs> Fucking turf wars. <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. They got their malls. Yeah. Mother Superior is going to lead the kids in song to distract them. She asks Ricky to get her pitch pipe, which is so fucking funny. Okay. As a former acapella dude, she calls it harmonica. And so I'm like, oh, is she going to play songs for them then? No, she. it is a pitch pipe. She's yep. just blowing the pitch. And then all of the children suck at singing and are tone deaf. And they use the actual recordings, except... In one of the scenes of the children singing, they literally are playing music and just had the children sit there with their mouths open. To look. <laughs> and it was one of the best scenes. That's great. great. I also love that she takes the opportunity in an effort to remind us all that they're related. She roasts Billy, too. She's like, such a good boy. Nothing like his older brother, William. <laughs> Man, that kid had some problems. Reeves, yeah, this is where you missed. You missed that Ricky was still alive. Mm. yeah that i never i guess i i forgot the baby's name from the beginning of the movie i guess maybe and then just never connected those I, so she calls him william and you go that's not who that's who the yeah. fuck is william william that's not his billy that's here. not his fucking chosen name why don't you Talk stop about Bill, billy the stock yeah. boy yeah. that's yeah. right billy box lifter billy the muscle man <laughs> billy big muscles that was my nickname in high school <laughs> nice that doesn't make a lot of sense but i love billy it big muscles yeah. yeah that's perfect sense 
No, I get the big, big muscles part. I just, the uh, Billy part's really throwing me off. That's my real name. This has all been a pseudonym. Everything. Uh, oh, this is like a podcast persona. Yeah, that's right. This is the new flesh. <laughs> wow. Call me Billy. No, so I, Reeves, I also was wondering the whole time what happened to his brother. Because we did see the brother at the orphanage earlier. Right. And I'm like, well, what about now? He's, the brother's got to be here. And then I noticed that at one point, there's a kid in the background, like like Mother Superior is talking to Billy, and there's a kid in the background watching as Santa comes in, and he's just got the biggest, dumbest, wide open face, like <laughs> like it just like this is comical acting. And then it turned out that was Ricky. Yeah, no. there he was. Nice. Yeah, I missed that. That's funny. Yeah, the kid <laughs> kid actors. There's so many kid actors in this too, and this is where they were all like open in presence and not you know being naughty. That's right. Yeah. All she saw and greedy. was greed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Santa slays the cop in the back by the cellar and chops the head off a snowman, too, for good measure. It was a good scene. It was a good scene. And when he approaches the door, a kid is like, oh, great. Santa is here. Better open the door. Where are you going? We need altos, says Mother Superior. Unbelievable. It's just rude to acapella groups. And we're not we're not a costume and we're not a joke. <laughs> you don't joke about it. Seems like you might be. You don't joke. We're not like the Snuggie. Well. I guess make your own, make your own informed decision out there, people. <laughs> <laughs> Billy approaches and Mother Superior tries to warn the children away, saying there is no Santa Claus. But hey, ruining Christmas for kids. Well, that's just plain naughty. So Billy grabs his axe. And just before giving Mother Superior a very close shave, the captain and Sister Margaret arrive and shoot him in the back. Played by the same agent. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> You're safe now. Santa Claus is gone. Billy tells the children. Brutal. It it is. It's brutal. It's upsetting. And then we get our final, our final scene. Yeah. Ricky knows that shooting Santa. Well, that's naughty too. And he says as much freeze frame credits. Santa's watching. Santa's creeping. Now you're nodding. Now you're sleeping. Were you good for mom and dad? Santa knows if you've been bad. Oh, God. Mm. Those kids saw two Santas get murdered that day within yeah. the span of like, yes. th- like 20 <laughs> minutes. You know, it's it, the- <laughs> and, and in a movie about I never, that you never know, occurred to me. The never ending <laughs> cycle, the never ending cycle of trauma. Mm-hmm. He has created an entire army of mm-hmm. children with PTSD. Like yeah. maybe they won't all turn into murder Santas, but that every one of them is now forever scarred. One hundred percent. Like that's fucking you up for life. It's, like, especially I'm that little girl with the uh with the box cutter. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, she's fucking she's up. already armed. She's she, ready to go. Christ. The movie's so good. It was so fun. Yeah. It was fun. I thoroughly enjoyed this one. Great pick, George. Perfect transition. Ordinarily. I would throw it to one of you, too, to say first why this is the best horror movie ever made. But as this was my pick, I will start with why this is the best horror movie ever made. All right, just don't take all my thoughts. Well, we'll just have to see. I think that this movie is fucking incredible because it captures a world so awful that the victims of it become complicit. They perpetrate violence as the cycle continues, not through any fault of their own, but because of the trauma of just existing in an environment so cruel. I think that Billy is a great and empathetic character. He's so 
happy when he's doing well at the store. He you really believe that he like just wants to be doing good and to be praised for doing good. And the scene where he allows the kid to live is just such a perfect sort of cap on that element of him that he is just adhering to this role that he's been put into, that he resisted at every step and that they truly just shoved him closer and closer to. Then on top of that, you have original banger after original banger with the tunes. You have some wonderful kills, 12 in fact, one for each day of Christmas, and then Santa himself bites it, lucky number 13. So it delivers on being a great slasher, plus it is an actual story that they take the time to flesh out. There's some incredible performances, not just from our lead, but all of these bizarre side characters that make weird choices and that are fucking terrifying. Grandpa lives in the character Hall of Fame for me. He is crazy. He is unhinged. And I love every second that he's on screen. Silent Night, Deadly Night isn't a movie for everybody. That's fine. That's great, even. I Not every movie needs to be for everybody. But... It's a movie that truly endeavors to subvert that Christmas spirit, and in my opinion, it succeeds with aplomb. It is a true holiday exploitation movie in every sense of the word. It delivers on everything you want. If you hear Christmas horror movie, you go, okay, I want to see Santa's being killed. I want to see Santa's killing. I want to see lots of great decorations and toys. I want to hear some Christmas songs. Check, 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 check. All of those things are here in spades, done well. There's great gore, and it escalates in a really fun way. It's it's a perfect exploitation movie to me. I would love to just sit in the back of a theater and watch the walkouts for this movie, because I know that there would be many. It's not surprising to me that this movie was controversial, and it wouldn't be surprising to me if people were like, that movie fucking sucks, it's so mean-spirited that I can't believe you like it. That is why I like it. It is fucking mean. And I don't think enough movies sort of take that tone. You know, it, it's 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 doing its own thing in a way that I really admire. It totally strikes out on its own. It's just a perfect, it's the best horror movie ever made. Wow. Very well said. Yeah, I'd hate to have to follow that. Reeves, go ahead. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I don't have, I mean, yeah, I, I don't have too much uh, more. Like you, you put it perfectly. I think it does. It's like, it, there are other movies like this, but it was one of the first like kind of originals in my mind of like this subgenre of Christmas, 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 Christmas horror movies. Like I know we talked about black Christmas before. I have never seen that one yet. It's on the list. Also very on good. The famous Riggs list. Yes. Famous Riggs list. <laughs> but I really enjoyed this one. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And like from the jump, like, you know what this movie is going to be. And then it only kind of elevates itself from there. Like it, it's very aware of what they're, of what it's trying to do. And you're right, like, Georgia, like, it's it's not for everybody, and that is great. And I feel like movies, and I'm going to sound like an old-timer, but, like, movies nowadays, I feel like, try to appeal to too many, to, to everyone, like, yeah. too many sub-audiences. And, like, this just kind of, like, gives you what it wants to give you. And I was here for it. It was, like, it had a, like, a lot of gore, a lot of, like, really scary moments, like, where it's, like, the, the like I said, the looming tension of Santa, like, him turning into Santa was creepy. But it was also really funny, too. Like, there was a lot of really great, funny moments. The manager, the side characters, all of that. Some of the kills were great. Man, I really, I, I was blown away by this one. I never heard of it. And I'm, like, I want to own it. I want to, I'd love to own this on uh, on uh, physical media. Because I, I think I might go out and get that. Because it was it was really great. And for that reason, oh, yeah. I, it's the, uh, 
best horror movie ever made. Over you, JP. Well, I hate to uh, I hate to disagree with you guys. Wow. And so I won't. It was fantastic. I think this movie really, really like subverted expectations. I, I think that I expected a campy slasher, and I got a lot of campy slasher out of it. But this was, I mean, it, number one, this is a villain origin story, and and told in a very humanistic way, and not to be too comparisony and flighty about it, but it it stunk of Joker. In the best possible way, like mm-hmm. the movie is in its in and of itself fun, and it's also trying to make a really important statement about the ways in which we we try to handle people with trauma. And it was so scathing against you know basically every every authority figure minus Sister Margaret who just wanted to put this guy in a box or just, you know, not notice that something was wrong or not care that anything was wrong. Right, every um, institution. Yeah, and, and he's constantly triggered, and eventually he snaps. And that in and of itself is like a really sad and dark place to to set your movie and to be able to balance that with a lot of humor, uh, a lot of funny kills. And I, I, I think that ultimately the movie is almost pointing out that while Christmas is commercialized, the real meaning of Christmas, which everyone misses in this movie is about love and togetherness and gift giving. It's not about greed and it's not about like the commercialization of Santa and the religious aspects. Like I know that's what the, the holiday is based out of, but that's just not what it is in America. And I think that that's what this movie is also saying about it is like, that's not what we that's not our Christmas anymore. Our Christmas is these wonderful toys in the toy store. Like our Christmas is kids sitting in Santa's laps. It's outrageously beautiful, wonderful decorations. There's I mean the scene in the in the in the shop when he turns the 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 lights off and the manager's in the front and she's like, "Oh, IRA, you need to get out here. This is so beautiful." And it's just like her in the dark with all the Christmas lights and the trains and the animated uh, Santa Claus, like as if we're missing, we're missing that because we're focusing on all these other things surrounding Christmas. Mm. Granted, that's not the main message. That's not the only message, but I think it's in there. And I, I think that's what it was, is this movie surprised me with it took some big swings. It's some really big swings. And I think that it really hits on a lot of them. And I think it, it's a movie that it makes me sad that people might dismiss it based on the cover art or based on the campiness or based on how dark it is at the beginning. Because honestly, this is the best horror movie ever made. Wow. Well said. One thing I left out, like a, a movie where you introduce a scene where you think it's up top, like, oh my God, are they going to kill this kid? <laughs> like, that's like, it, it's... You it, believe it's, it's gonna like happen. That. You really right. like I thought like that box cutter scene, I'm like, holy like at the beginning, I'm like, oh my god, this is the t-, like that they throw that question at you, like, is he gonna kill this kid? And like that's I mean, it's it's heavy. It's yeah. heavy. I mean, it's it's it stuck with me. It was really good, really effective. Absolutely. That is what makes this the best horror movie ever made. Riggs, JP, I wanna thank you boys so much for coming back on the show. This was, as always, a damn hoot. Please oh tell the folks where they can find you. Any plugs that you might have. Get the people going. Oh, yeah. Well, I got, uh, I mean, find me on Twitter, Regs815. I mean, that's really, 
we're going to get the band back together soon for we heard about pluto so look out for that in our all of our respective feeds and listen listen to the backlog catch up we've got a few seasons out there that you can listen to i i truly can't believe that we went on hiatus Right before the Jaws and the Hitchcock episode. Yes. I know. Yes. I'm oh, like, oh. I have my notes ready to go. And I'm like, oh, these are two bangers. Guys, two bangers. they're both bangers. Also, Claire and I, I, I rewatched and she watched for the first time Twin Peaks. Mm. Then we watched Fire Walk With Me. Wow. And now we are about three quarters of the way through Twin Peaks The Return. Wow. Um, oh, but nice. after we finished the original Twin Peaks... Claire was like, we're watching that psych episode right away. Oh, and oh my God, it's so good. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, we got to get back onto that. We got to get back on it. Look out for that soon. But yeah, that's that's really it. Find me on the on the socials. And you know, yeah. I stream every once in a while. So, you know, you'll find out about that on Twitter. So that's it. And uh, I'm I'm on Twitter at JP underscore pumpkin spelled just like it sounds mm-hmm. and uh i you know i'm not doing much content otherwise these days until we get back into we heard about pluto but uh i would advise that you um take some time to get out there get educated and donate to any direct aid foundations that are in your area there there's a lot of them out there they're easy to find and just uh make sure you're doing your part especially during the holiday season to give back and to help out your community and the people out there who are in need and there's always somebody in more need than you that's right don't be naughty or you'll get punished that's right yeah you will get an axe to the head (laughs) No two ways about it. Uh, well, I will also plug We Heard About Pluto. It was a lovely show that I had a wonderful time uh, co-hosting with my dear friends here, Reeves and JP. And uh, I look forward to us getting that going again. So yeah. people can keep an eye out for that. But definitely go check out the back catalog. In the meantime, Psych is a lot of fun. And we have a lot of fun talking about Psych because it's a lot of fun. Right. It is. Talk about like, a lot of other stuff too. Favorite fun. dinosaurs. Mm, that doesn't sound right. I'm pretty sure that we are exclusively on track. Pretty really, psych. just a recap, and we don't even comment on the episodes. So purely True. facts. It's yeah. real dry. This real is what dry. happened. Yeah. As you can tell from hearing us on this episode, we are not easily distractible. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. As far as my other plugs, I will say that you can find me on Letterboxed and Blue Sky at Little Horror PHL. You can also find me on Patreon at Little Horror PHL if you want to get some fun bonus episodes, including one of these two will have a solo episode as the December Patreon episode this month. So oh shit, oh fuck! George is gonna hear both of our episodes. It's gonna be like who's funnier? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The better one is is going behind the paywall. So look at who made me sound smarter. (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna be two really great eps though. One is uh, I'm gonna be talking Constantine with Riggs, which I have been watching a lot already and having a delightful time. The fun movie, getting reacquainted with that one, and then George Romero's The Amusement Park with JP, which is fucked up and terrifying and existentially horrifying i haven't seen it yet it looks wow crazy yeah what is it called the prisoner is that that 70s sci-fi show that's got like the big bubble balls and the previews reminded me of that i'm like what is going on it doesn't make sense a fucking trip and it is such an interesting history behind it that i am uh, really looking forward to that episode as well so two Ah, great ones in the george spotlight month coming up look forward to those and yeah, the live stream, the 24-hour live stream is officially a go. Oh, I'm, I'm declaring it. We're going to hit the 100,000 download mark before the end of the year. 
And so we successfully have reached the, the threshold for 24 hours, December 22nd. Stop by the Best Little Horror House and Philly YouTube channel starting at 10 a.m. for all kinds of fun guests, games, giveaways. A little preview. There's some trivia tournament in the work. Oh, I'm in. That's not grammar at all. That's not how you say that sentence. There's a trivia tournament in the works. That's how you would say that. Hopefully not. Hopefully grammar is not one of the categories. Yeah. Impossible. You're not going to win that one, Josh. Wouldn't that be funny if I sprang a grammar trivia onto my (laughs) horror (laughs) trivia promise? That might happen. Impossible. That might happen. I think that would be really funny. A lot of fun. Just like one round of it. uh, That'd be good. Plenty of watch-alongs, though, maybe in some live commentaries, and, uh, you know, the schedule is still sort of formalizing, so you may might see JP or Riggs if we can make that timeline work out. Uh, so that's Friday, December 22nd. Throw on the channel, hang out all day as you shirk your duties at work. Uh, oh, I'm off that week, baby. Yeah. I, I, I'll just be sitting here drinking while you're podcast, while you're uh, streaming. I mean, even if you are working, what the fuck are they doing making you work on the 22nd? Right. That's, don't they know that that's three days before Christmas? Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve. <laughs> Come on, man. What is this? Capitalist America? No, that can't be right. <laughs> but it's a Friday. So, yeah, they'll survive. Watch the show instead of doing whatever the fuck they got you doing on the 22nd. And uh, we'll have a lot of fun. So that's coming up. Check it out. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Smooches. Bye.